Hey, wrestling fans, if you're listening to this, you're listening to the latest episode of the Wrestling Time Machine Podcast. Before we dive into the show, Leith and I want to give you a chance to figure out where you can find us on social media. You can follow the Wrestling Time Machine Podcast on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Wrestling Time Machine. You can follow the Wrestling Time Machine Podcast on Twitter. The at handle is at W-R-E-S-T-L-T-I-M-M-A-C-H. You can also just search the Wrestling Time Machine Podcast on Twitter. You can follow the Wrestling Time Machine Podcast on Tumblr. If you want to be a part of the show and let us know what you're watching or what you think of a particular event we're about to watch, you can email the show at Machine at gmail.com. We will read your emails live on the show. You can also donate to the show. You can help support us at Kofi.com, that's K-O-F-I.com, forward slash The Wrestling Time Machine. Want to get some merch for your donation? You can support the show by finding us on TeePublic under BobbyF07. It's all lowercase. We have a couple shirts up there. We always have more coming up. You can leave us a review on iTunes if you want to help support the show for free. That really helps us out. That means more people see us, and that means we get to have more cool guests on. You can also check out the other shows that we do at nerdfixstrangers.com forward slash listen, including Nerdfix Strangers and Pokemon Mind and Body. Leith, where can people find you on the internets? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Both of those are now at Leith underscore gray that's l-i-a-t-h underscore g-r-e-y mm-hmm. i have a uh, silly toy blog the dinosaur toy adventure on instagram as well dinosaur underscore toy underscore adventure and if you are interested and you search Leith gray on amazon i have two short stories available at the moment uh talia and anna's obsession they're a dollar a piece and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> so check those out. You can follow me on Twitter at Space King Bobby. You can also follow me on Tumblr at Space King Bobby's blog, Space King Comics. And don't forget to check out EvetteMakesThings.com. She makes all sorts of great stuffed animals, badges, jewelry, comics, stockings for the holidays. Check out EvetteMakesThings.com for all sorts of cool, nerdy findings. And I think with that, I think we can start the show. Welcome, wrestling fans. If you're listening to this, you're listening to the latest episode of the Wrestling Time Machine podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Bobby Fisher. And as always, I'm being joined by my co-host, Leith Gray. Hello. Hello. And today we've got uh, in our in our wrestling TARDIS, our TARDIS, I believe is is what we called it, time and wrestlative dimension in space. 
Uh, today we've got our coordinates punched in for November 18th, 1995. We're going to be watching Extreme Championship Wrestling November to Remember 1995. I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, we don't really get a whole lot of ECW. Uh, I suppose this technically isn't a pay-per-view. This is what we would call a, a super card event, right? You're right. But we don't really get a whole lot of these because they're just not on the network for whatever reason. Indeed. But uh, we got I think one. this is actually the, the first November to remember that is on the network, even though there was two others yeah, several before, before this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, of course, uh, we're going to do like we always do. If you're familiar with uh, our other Rift Track or Rib Track uh, shows, we're going to go over some trivia about the event and the venue, which, of course, in this case is the historic ECW Arena. And as we as we get through that, we're going to then uh, watch along the pay-per-view. Of course, as we uh, get done with the trivia and get ready to watch, you'll hear a countdown. The iconic 3-2-1 uh, uh, of the 1-2-3-Kids entrance music that we have in, in reverse, thanks to the uh, wonderful magic of editing. Uh, so when you hear that, of course, you'll want to press play along with us. Make sure you have the pay-per-view event pulled up. You're on a triple zero timestamp and past whatever bumper ad the network might play. And just press play along with us, and we'll have a, a really good time. I dare say we'll have an extremely good time. Wah, wah. That's why y'all are here, for my <laughs> great wrestling puns. Yes, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so, Leith, hit us up with some trivia. Okay, now I couldn't find a whole lot that wouldn't just give away everything on the card, so I tried to, to, to find some important little tidbits and some things to kind of look for. Um, as we mentioned, this takes place November 18th, 1995, in Philadelphia, PA, at the ECW Arena, mm -hmm. which I've been to. I don't know if you have, but I've been there quite a few times for Chikara events and I think an ROH event as well. You know, in the in the couple trips we've made to uh, Pennsylvania, I unfortunately have not gotten the opportunity to make the mecca uh, to the iconic ECW Arena, although I want to. You'll have to do it at some point. It's just, it's one of those places. It's like you just gotta go at least once, like Madison Square Garden. You gotta yeah. go at least once. Like yeah. I, I think it's a, a really great idea if you're a wrestling fan to try to make the pilgrimage out there for just Indeed. the history and and everything that the ECW arena represents. Now it drew eleven hundred and fifty people, which I mean compared to like WCW and WWE seems like nothing, but yeah. <laughs> but that's pretty that's pretty big for that arena. It's not humongous, so it's it's not it's not a huge place to to fit more than that, really. <laughs> it's ostensibly a warehouse, right? Exactly. So that that is a lot of people for that venue. Yes. Uh, this is the third November to Remember event, and like I said before, the other two are not 
on the network, so I'm not really sure where you could watch those if you wish to. Uh, maybe YouTube, I don't know. Um, this marks the return of Sabu and the debut of the Blue Meanie and kind of the, the lead-up to the, the Blue World Order mm. and all all that fun fun stuff that's coming up soon in ECW. Yeah. Uh, from everything I've read and seen when going through this, uh, this particular November to Remember is considered one of the the best shows in the history of ECW. Oh. Um, I believe it was on, was it 411? They said it didn't really, they were of the opinion that it didn't hold up over time, but at the time it was phenomenal. Yeah, so. I, I think I think you and I can attest to everything we've watched so far for 1995. ECW at the time was a very kind of ahead of its time, right? As far as psychology and and writing goes, and, and B, I mean the the hardcore stuff is great, but obviously a lot of what shines through all of that what what has made ECW such a delight for us to, to be going back and watching is the actual wrestling aspect. Right. And they're, they're kind of the first to, to really bring in like the, like the AAA wrestlers mm-hmm. and getting that real true, like luchador style to the United States. And it's, it's, it's like, especially for us growing, like kind of not growing up with Jakara, but like, being around Chikara, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of parallels between ECW and Chikara. So it's like a lot of the stuff that we're seeing in ECW at the time period, we now see in Chikara. So it's kind of like, uh, it's almost, it's not like less impressive, but you have to put yourself really in that time period and try to remember that in 1995, mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that you're seeing wasn't seen at all. Yeah, you didn't see it. But so many independent wrestling promotions sort of uh, have taken cues from ECW mm-hmm. over the time. And, and you see a lot of uh, similarities between independent promotions nowadays and what ECW was doing back then. Yeah, I, I think what stands out here, you know, like we talked about, like bringing in a lot of the, the AAA talent and exposing them to a, a larger you. Uh, you know, U.S. and an American audience is, I mean, obviously uh, those guys were a Mysterio Jr., Psychosis, uh, Conan, uh, I believe there was also, I'm trying to think uh, of some of the others we've seen so far, but obviously those guys deserve deserve a ton of credit for, for laying those uh, uh, roots for that to sort of become popular and, and well-known in America, but also, I mean, to to some degree as well, Paul Heyman deserves some credit for, for bringing that in and and just being so open-minded and flexible as to say, okay, this is, you know, pretty popular somewhere else. Let's see how, you know, the American audience takes to it. Right, exactly. And yeah. it's just, I think... Um, a lot of people think about ECW, they think about the hardcore stuff, and that was a big part of it, but they really, like, showcased a lot of variety. Mm-hmm. Like, the, every show had a huge amount of different styles of matches, and 
I mean, you had like your your Malenko and Guerrero matches, and you had like you know like La Parca and Psychosis, and like all these like AAA like talents right. coming in, and that high flying luchador style that you didn't really see in the mm-hmm. U.S. at this point, not as often, and not given the the amount of time and that sort that of ECW s- yeah, allowed the, them the creative space and platform to to excel, uh, right and. I mean, again, just kind of talking about that real quick as we before we dive in, you know, it's it's great to see that. I always love it when when a wrestling company sort of thinks outside the box and tries something different. And I think this is a really good example of when you do that and it's successful, right? Like we watched right. we watched Halloween Havoc 1995 for the last <laughs> month, and I, I mean. You do have to give Eric Bischoff and, and company credit for, for trying something different and thinking outside the box. And sure, I can see on paper where there might be, uh, uh, it might make sense that there would be a lot of crossover between, say, monster truck fans and wrestling fans. That seems a lot like it would have a lot of the same demographics there. <laughs> but obviously it... it wasn't very successful it wasn't very well received and so you know this is a this is sort of a a good example of of the other kind of side of that like thinking outside the box and trying something different and it is successful and it is well received right and it's like they they didn't they pushed the limits but not to the extent of monster truck fights. It was more realistic. I don't know. Give me more monster <laughs> truck fights in professional wrestling. I am I still stand behind that statement that that's what we need more of. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll get on the top of I don't even want to think about the expense behind all of that. <laughs> it, it's fine. I'm sure Joe Louis Arena would be happy to have us. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Edgar, if you're uh, listening to this, uh, <laughs> I'm sure Excellence Pro has plenty of space for monster truck fights, right? There's, there's nothing <laughs> saying you can't do that on a smaller scale. <laughs> With like, like the RC trucks. Here's an idea. He, here's an idea. Uh, we we all know the ladder match, how that works, right? I'm gonna give you a free million dollar idea. A drone match. Okay? Mm -hmm. So instead of having the championship belt suspended from a single stationary hook, right, and you have to climb the ladder and and unhook the belt, you've got the championship suspended from a drone that just sort of flies around. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Now that's a challenge. Ah. So back to ECW back November to ECW. <laughs> I'm done giving away three million dollar ideas. Uh, the the last bit of information that that I have is that it, it's something to kind of pay attention to because it becomes a fairly important angle in ECW and a, and a big part of the a character arc and in. There's going to be a promo that Taz will cut after the Alfonso Gordon match. That's it, it's pretty important to ECW history and and to Taz's character in general and and where he goes from 
from this point. And uh, I don't want to give too much away for, you know, a match from, like, 1995. <laughs> yeah, 24 <laughs> no, no years spoilers ago. spoilers here. Yeah, yeah, no spoilers. But keep an eye on that and should should be pretty... I'm hoping it's as amazing as as people seem to to make it sound. I guess you could say. Okay. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And uh, we'll certainly get to that and and enjoy that. I suppose just some quick trivia about the venue, the ECW Arena, which is located at. Let's see here. Twenty three hundred something. Yeah. Twenty three hundred. The twenty three hundred Arena, right? Yes. The twenty three. Hundred Arena is the name of the, the arena. I guess I don't actually have the address here. I thought I did, but yes, the twenty something something Philadelphia, PA. <laughs> right. Uh, the venue originally. Just don't cross the bridge, or you end up in New Jersey, and then you have to pay a dollar to get back. You have to pay a dollar to leave New Jersey. Yeah, why do you think people stay there? That's, like, oh, crap, I don't have a dollar. I guess I have to live here now. That is the most New Jersey thing ever. <laughs> yeah, you you have to pay a dollar to get back into PA after, after leaving Jersey. A scam. <laughs> uh, 2300 South Swanson Street, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, is the address. And... The venue broke ground on January 12, 1974, and opened May 14, 1993. It was uh, renovated throughout 2004 and 2005, and also in 2013 through 2014. Now, the reason there's such like a, a big, uh, a big difference between when it broke ground versus when it opened is because it wasn't originally opened as an arena. Uh, the facility was originally a freight warehouse that was built in 1974. Rail tracks next to the building allowed trains to drop off freight for storage and then continue on to their destination. Tracks were eventually paved over to become an extension of West Rittner Street, allowing West Rittner Street to interact with, or excuse me, intersect with South Swanson Street. Now, Lee, if you you've been there, what's it like? I mean, just to give us kind of like a little, uh, a little glimpse into what the ECW arena is like. Um, I mean, it's it's really just kind of like a big warehouse. It's like big and open. There's some pillars. It's they usually have the ring is kind of kind of centered, and then just like uh, trying to think of like if it's angled or not. It's been a while since I've been there. I mean, it's a good-sized warehouse, but it's still just a warehouse. And yeah. it's, like, even just getting there, like, you see the railway tracks, you see the bridge. That, like, drive-in is almost as memorable as, like, the building itself. Um, mm-hmm. Parking is terrible. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's it's, it's not, like... Anything you'd be like, oh, this is so impressive. It's it's a warehouse. It's exactly what you would expect a warehouse but it's a, it's with a, a wrestling ring to look like, but it's history, yeah. you know? It, it's a good size arena for, say, an independent promotion. Right, right. And like I said, that's like where I've seen, like, like I know, uh, I think CZW's wrestled there. I've seen mm-hmm. ROH there. I've seen Jakara there. Like, all these great independent wrestling companies based out of, like, the Philadelphia area have all had like shows there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I do believe they, they occasionally have done stuff that isn't wrestling related there as well, but I don't remember what. I know at some point the, the building was sold, and mm-hmm. I think that's when Chikara ended up buying the Wrestle Factory and all that kind of stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, they weren't sure if they're going to be allowed, like if they're going to have wrestling at the arena still, which would right. have been horrible. Like, I can't imagine that the 2300 arena not having wrestling. That would be so weird. <laughs> but it's just like, I don't know, like you walk in and it's just, it's history. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're... It's, it's not, the building itself is not impressive. It's just a warehouse, but it's like you think about all the people that have walked through those doors mm-hmm. and, and wrestled in that arena, and it's just fantastic. Yeah, it's, like you said, it's history. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, again, just kind of getting a little bit into the history of the arena, we're not going to go over everything, but I think uh, this sort of early history is really interesting and really important. So a lot of times you'll hear people refer to the ECW arena and even just like independent uh, wrestling locations as bingo halls, right? Right. And that kind of evolved from what was known as the ECW arena and it's it's interesting to actually know like how it uh, how it was a bingo hall. Uh, now we mentioned it opened in '74 and it was just a freight warehouse. Well, in '86, uh, uh, Elias Stein and Leon Silverman of the law firm Stein and Silverman Family Partnership Incorporated purchased the warehouse. Uh, now the southern part of the facility was given the name Viking Hall when the South Philadelphia Viking Club, a local chapter of Mummers begin utilizing it. Now, if you're like me and you're listening to this and you have no idea what a mummer is, that's uh, those are folk plays performed by troops of amateur actors, traditionally all male, and they are known as mummers or geysers. Uh, I've heard mummers. I haven't heard geysers. Have you ever, have you ever seen a, a mummers play or parade? No. No. No, but I've, I've seen... Um, like pictures from them, okay. but I haven't actually been. It, it seems more um, like in Philly, you'll see it occasionally. Okay, okay. that's that's very cool. Uh, they, yeah, they they do things for like Halloween, wassailing, uh, and just all all sorts of things. So they they began utilizing the the southern part of the facility, and they use the building for storage and to rehearse for their annual uh, Mummers Parade, and then the Viking Club would also stage midnight bingo games. Now, this is where the, the bingo part comes in, at the venue to raise funds for their organization. So you come, you, you pay some money to play some bingo, and, and raise some money for this uh, organization. Uh, now, the northern part of the building would be occupied by retail space, most notably a Foreman Mills clothing store. I have no idea what Foreman Mills is. Leith, are you familiar with Foreman Mills at all? It's not someplace I've shopped. I don't really know Okay, it's a, <laughs> too much about it. It's a department store uh, based, out of, uh, it's, uh, based out of New Jersey, of course. And uh, as far as, you know, again, the, the arena, 
being referred to as a bingo hall. I, I find this quote by uh, ECW referee John Finnegan very interesting. This comes to us from a July 2006 interview. He said a lot of people put it down as just a bingo hall, but to us it never was. We'd show up at the arena and the ring was in place, the chairs were set up, and we'd be ready to go. The only time we ever noticed that it was a bingo hall was after the shows when we'd uh, when we'd bearing, tearing down the place and you'd look over and see a line of old ladies waiting for us to finish so they could start their games. So I, I just kind of get a giggle at the fact that you have all these old ladies sort of waiting in line and you've got, you know, bloody ECW competitors tearing down their, tearing down their show. <laughs> I wonder how bloody the, the old ladies get during bingo, though. I bet it's, it's got to be just as brutal. Oh yeah, I think about it. Yeah, bingo, <laughs> bingo is a blood sport. <laughs> uh, one of the ten most brutal blood sports. They're probably like these wussies. They yeah. don't, they don't even know about bingo. They don't even know. I mean, there there are so many just exploding light tube deathmatch bingo bingo events out there. Uh yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're lucky to make it to be an old lady, from what right. I understand, uh, as yeah, far as bingo yeah. goes. So Ethel's 98th birthday is tomorrow. <laughs> and I have a Hell in a Cell bingo match. Hell in a Cell bingo match. <laughs> uh, by God, she's broken in half. <laughs> okay, well, with that in mind, uh, Leith, do you have any other trivia? I do not. That do not. was that was what I had. Okay. Well, I, I don't want to. I don't want to give any spoilers, man. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, with that said, I think we're ready to go. And again, you folks are going to hear the countdown. Make sure you hit play with us when we say play, and uh, join us for ECW November to Remember 1995. So. Three, two, one. Play. Such great graphics. Oh, look at that wipe. Uh, you know, they've been <laughs> using that wipe fun. a lot lately <laughs> in what I've been watching, right? They've been using that sort of like... Oh, it's fancy at the time, man. Yeah, I, I guess. Like getting your new Snapchat filter, you know? <laughs> so we've got Joey Styles opening the show. Ooh, a Mexican death match. Ooh, Beulah McGillicuddy. Now, Public Enemy at this time, were they... Were, it's kind of like they're afraid of losing them, or they might, like, because they were with... Was it WWF for a time? And came back? I'm trying to remember. No, Public Enemy did not yes. wrestle with the WWE, I don't believe, until the early 2000s. Okay. I tried to rem- I knew they were, like, kind of concerned with, like, a lot of their, their people were moving either to WCW or WWF. So it's like, I know they're, like, kind of pulling away from Public Enemy at this time. They didn't want to push them too much in case they left, is what it's... I, I think they were considering, like, I mean, they would have had to have been probably at this point uh, getting ready to to 
migrate to world championship wrestling. Spoilers. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, the Broad Street Bully versus PWI 499, Donnie Allen. I get the Bubba Ray as the announcer, right? Yep, we're going to get Bubba Ray Dudley as the ring announcer. <laughs> I love that the Broad Street Bullies gimmick at this point is just, I'm a hockey fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes he's a he's just a dude with like ripped jeans. Yeah. Cuz he never really has like a gimmick. He's just a dude. Yeah. I kind of like that about him. Like they just like pulled this guy off the streets and he's like, "All right, I'm ready to fight people." <laughs> like, let's just go. Uh Dudley's rule. Sign guy looks like chubby. Dances with Dudley. We got Big Dick Dudley. I feel like Dances with Dudley is probably the most offensive in this day and age. Yeah. Considering he's like a Mexican guy who speaks Spanish but yeah, is I pretending think... to be Native American or something. Uh, I believe he's Hispanic, yeah. But I do love, I kind of love the cow vest. Like he's, it's one of those where you have to put yourself in the time period. It would not have been as offensive. As offensive, yeah. It was just stupid. <laughs> I believe that's supposed it, it, to be Chubby Dudley with Bubba Ray. Oh, is it? I He's think. like eating everything. Yeah. It's, it's, it's snacking on stuff. I love uh, Bubba Ray's outfit for this. Yes. He's got the nice like tux jacket and hat and the little cane, but just like over his bib overalls and tie dye shirt. <laughs> He's so fancy. It's amazing, like, I don't know, like, you see all of these Dudleys and then think of, like, the few that actually kind of made it, yeah. made it on from this and became pretty big stars. Mm-hmm. Although, honestly, I love this idea, and I think, I think it could be argued that maybe the, the idea of a, a Dudley clan with sort of different... Dudley's like this could could have inspired something like the colony to some degree. Right, right. Like, yeah, like I said, there's a lot of parallels between like ECW and, and Chikara. Like if you kind of take ECW, clean it up, make it more PG and more politically correct, yeah. it's very, very similar. Like it's not. A I mean, the, the the colony makes sense in that you know either ants, you can't get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> There will always be more ants. <laughs> but it's, it's definitely a more PC uh, Dudley's. Yeah. It's not afraid to be wrestling. I think is the best way to describe it. Like, honestly, I'm kind of disappointed we haven't gotten a new... Like, not necessarily a new Dudley Boys, like in the WWE, but it would be nice if we had, like, if if somebody could sort of take that and kind of run with it now, like, that would be a lot of fun in the WWE. Like, here's this, you know, quote-unquote family clan, right? And the whole gimmick is there's just, like, you know, different ones, like, you know, Bubba and Chubby and 
etc., etc. Yeah. That was one thing I never, like, really understood. Like, I feel like they always dropped the ball on the whole Wyatt family thing, because they could have done that, but they weren't all Wyatts, even. Like, it didn't yeah. make any sense well, at the get-go. Uh, I mean, that was more of, like, a Manson family, like, cult thing. But, yeah, I can I can see the argument there. Like, they, they could have gone, like, sort of this, like, inbred family route with it. <laughs> like, um... I don't know, like hills have eyes kind of feel. <laughs> then have the, the, the cultish aspect as well. Yeah. With him selecting the, the the fans as part of the the uh, extended family. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of ways they could have gone with that whole gimmick that they just never did and I never really got it. <laughs> they dropped it had, the ball. It had a lot of yeah, it had so much potential. It could have been great. Poor Bubba. Oh my. Aw, poor Donnie Allen. <laughs> He's even stuttering with the power bomb. But yeah, they they dropped the ball in a lot of ways with the Wyatts. Nah. Yeah, I hear like everything's kind of going pretty well for uh, Bray now, but I haven't really kept up with any of it. I haven't watched. I haven't even watched the pay per views for WWE. Like, I just I'm tired of it. <laughs> yeah. And we're getting another Bubba Bomb. Because you know Bubba Ray is uh, in this match, right? Right. Keep that in mind. Because uh, he's not. <laughs> he's he's supposed to be the the ring announcer, but then he wins the match. <laughs> they're they're going with WCW rules on this one. Mm-hmm. It's fine. He wins. He's very sad, even though he just won a match he wasn't actually in. Like I'm also kind of disappointed we never got like a, a a an actual on-screen you know Big Daddy Dudley. Like we we. I kind of like the the mystery of it. Yeah. It's kind of like with the the Sister Abigail stuff. Like I wish we they hadn't have played that out. Mm. Making another Bray like White reference. I don't know why. Well, parallels I guess there. But he's such like a mythical kind of character at this point. That's like I don't think I would have wanted to see him because it wouldn't have like I don't know like the image in your head wouldn't have like matched what you saw no matter what it was. Yeah. Well, I love that that Joey Styles just said that they would take Bubba over Michael Buffer any day, and that's again another dig at WCW. And we've got Paul Heyman out here. He's asking the lights to be dimmed. Oh, I see some fire. Lighters, probably, I think. Yes, this is the 90s. There yeah. would have been lighters. lighters. If you hadn't, you know, accidentally let somebody borrow it to never see it again. And there's Sabu, oh my god! Sabu is back after 
a very brief stint with... World Championship Wrestling. Thank you. I'm like, it's one of those promotions. I've watched so much wrestling. <laughs> it's like I always forget which ones have which. It was very brief, though. He wasn't there very long at all. He was there He's... for a cup of coffee. Uh, like I remember, I remember seeing his little like vignettes saying, "Hey, he's coming," and then like one or two matches, I think, and then he's back at ECW. So yeah. there's that. <laughs> With the shiniest gold pants I've ever seen. This is such a weird, like, this is such a weird thing for ECW to do because it's like, I mean, you get it, like Sabu is obviously a draw, right, at mm-hmm. this point. But, like, at the same time, like, the way he sort of went out, you almost wouldn't, you almost couldn't blame Paul E. or anyone else in the ECW for, like, if they had just said, no, we're not letting you back after what you did to us. Right. Because, I mean, really, like, and I get it, you know, it's, it's probably hard to keep track of everything, right? So, I mean, I can I can understand mistakes happen, but uh, I mean, you certainly have some responsibility to try to be professional. You would think, and you would hope. You would hope. And there there are some things that that can be forgiven and looked past to to give somebody a second chance. Right, and of course. And, and, some, some things just aren't worth looking past. Yeah, and, and of course, sometimes you have to look at the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Right? But, uh, I mean, speaking of a big picture, we've now got the sexiest man on Earth, Jason, out... The self-proclaimed. Self-proclaimed. That's right. <laughs> it, it's hard to declare yourself the sexiest man on Earth when when dudes like Rusev and Shinsuke and Finn exist. <laughs> Jason Momoa... Well... I mean, at the at the time, who who did he have to compare to? Shawn Michaels. I guess. I guess. I don't know. I mean, if you oh, were, if you had, you to... see the in the front row, Blue Meanie. Yes, yes, I do see Blue Meanie there, hanging out next to a uh, hippie dude. Who's dancing? Yeah, who's having a good time? Who's also next to the guy who kind of looks like Stan Lee? He's got the the music in his head. Yeah. I do love Conan's outfit here. Yeah, that's really cool. Very Beatles-esque. Which, again, Blue Meanie's in the front row. Yeah. So. Also, Beatles reference for those that don't know somehow. <laughs> See, I really like this this sort of more colorful Conan. I, I like fun. this look a lot more than I did just, like, his sort of generic street attire later. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. As everybody had generic street attire. <laughs> that was like, like there's, I don't know, there's like a lot of that, like, oh, we gotta be like the cool guy kind of thing going on. Yeah. If your your vest, probably a pair of blue jeans that are really out of style now. Oh, Jason, <laughs> Jason's got to correct him at two hundred eighteen pounds. Hmm. Now, I mean, if you had to pick, who do you think is more attractive, Jason or Shawn Michaels? Because they both yeah. have this whole, like, 
ladies' man gimmick going on. Yeah, well, like, neither one of them are my type. Neither one uh, of them. Ray Mysterio Jr. <laughs> if we're we're going to go by, like, my, my type uh, at this era, Ray Mysterio Jr. is probably the, the best looking of the th- of the three. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. Ray Mysterio, like, when, when we actually get to, like, unmasked Ray Mysterio Jr. in uh, WCW, he looks like he's part of a boy band. <laughs> like, I'm kind of surprised they didn't stick him with three count. <laughs> he did a brief stint with uh, Menudo. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, we got Taz out. Oh, I love Taz. Taz is, like, overall one of my, my favorites, I would say. It's like, like I said, like he has that like a uh, Samoa Joe attitude where it's just like he can no just nonsense. come in and it's like you know he's just gonna kick butt. No surprise. Eddie Kingston is another one that like yeah. can do that. Like he just as soon as he enters the room, you're just like, oh man, this guy, this guy means business and he's gonna he's gonna destroy people. Like I love that attitude in wrestling, that feel. And there's so few people that can really just come in a room and and have that presence. Like, those are the only three I can think of off the top of my head right now. Like, Conan just looks like he's trying to avoid eye contact with Taz, like, throughout all this. <laughs> like, he's... And, I mean, you can't blame him. Taz is a bad man at this point. And Taz is explaining why he can't wrestle tonight. Uh, due to... Uh, an injury, of course, we, we know about the injury, we've been following that through this period, and that he's an insurance risk, and lulls at ECW having insurance. Oh, Jason getting in the face of, of Taz. That's probably a, a, the last thing you want to do. Especially if you want to stay the world's sexiest man. Yeah. Not have your face rearranged. (laughs) Oh, my. Dropping an F-bomb. Obviously, everybody, if you're listening to this, I mean, we try to keep the show PG, PG-13, but ECW is definitely not for the children. Right. <laughs> or for very mature children. Yeah. And we start off we with... We don't replicate what they see. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, start off with a with a right hand and a crucifix powerbomb by Conan. And that's, that's it. That's the match, everybody. That was a good show. And he, Conan takes his mask off at the end for reasons I don't know. <laughs> not sure what the the purpose of that is. He's not usually a. Is he usually masked? I don't think he was usually masked. <laughs> I mean, he he would wear like that that sort of loose mask out. Right. Uh, and and I know he even did that in WCW for a period. 
So we've got Stevie Richards <laughs> in a dancing Stevie shirt, even. He's he's great. He's great in that he's terrible. It's fantastic. I'm not sure what the back of his shirt says. Something sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Can't read it. His hair's too long. <laughs> I love Joey Styles covering for uh, the fans flipping him the bird. Oh, Blue Meanie's got a present. Aw, he's got a gift. How nice. I've met the Blue Meanie a few times. He seems he's like very nice. Yeah, he seems like he'd be a nice guy. Yeah, I've actually got my, my picture taken with him and everything. Uh, Stevie Richards was there, too. Yeah. But... Oh, he's inviting Blue Meanie in. And Stevie's Aww. got a flock of seagulls shirt. Now they're BFFs. This is great. This is a good time. <laughs> yeah, Blue Meanie seems like he'd be a fun a fun guy and a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was very, very kind when I met him. See, and body positivity is important. Blue Meanie goes to show that you don't need to have a body like Stevie Richards to pull off the half shirt like tank top, the crop top. In fact, nobody should really try to pull that look off because it's terrible. <laughs> that is That is not a look I will ever understand on anyone. <laughs> it's, it's very 90s. I don't even think it was in style then for men, I would say. That was a thing. Well, El Puerto Riqueño has had enough of this. Yeah. No, no more. No more waiting. Going for... Wow. Although you'd think he would have taken that oversized t-shirt thingy off first, but whatever. Yeah, he's kind of sort of wearing the exact opposite. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's where all the extra material from their shirts went. Right. I can't believe he hit a top rope springboard moonsault. That was pretty cool. Oh, taking out the blue meanie. Boo. Boo this man. Oh, well. Low blows are okay, I guess. <laughs> well, ECW. And sometimes I, I don't know the rules for the ECW matches because it seems they, they all kind of end in chaos. Yeah. I mean, when your ring announcer can pen you. Yes. And a Stevie bomb. I think uh, the hippie dude in the front audience is trying to ward off some vampires. Is Stevie Richards a never-nude, or... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good on Stevie Richards for, like, now doing, like, a whole lot. Like, he's doing stuff uh, for fitness and, like, personal training and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could do worse than having a body like Stevie Richards. Dude's uh, always been in pretty great shape. I mean, he gets a he gets a lot of crap in ECW because he's a, he's a really good heel, but, I mean... He's got an objectively pretty great body. 
He definitely has that, like, you know, like, crybaby heel thing down. Yeah. Aw, oh, Blue Manie doesn't want to go to the top. That's sexual harassment. <laughs> nah, it's fine. Like, slapping his bum. Oh, Manie went for a moot. Went he for missed. Aw. That's no water in the pool. That's going to hurt. It's a nice moonsault, though. Beautiful moonsault for a guy his size. Better than Bam Bam's, who's never was actually a moonsault. He could flip, but not correctly. Yeah. Oh no. He might he might be the blue meanie, but after that missed moonsault, he's gonna have a pink belly. Womp womp. And they made short work of El Puerto Riqueño. I mean to be fair it was two on one, so <laughs> A little bit, yeah. Kind of a turned into a handicap match there. That's okay. E C W. That's fine. <laughs> He's just stealing Blue Meanie. I never did get his shirt off. He never did. Oh, Jason's back. And he's wearing khakis. And what is that like a khaki sports jacket? Is it khaki or white? Or cream. Can't tell. <laughs> Saturn looks a little out of it. And Saturn and Cronus. I, I do Looking like... Uh, Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, they look a little, little Legion of Doomy. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have, like, that sort of, like, post-apocalyptic thing going on. A little Mad Max. Yeah, some some Fallout Raider looks. Very 90s hair. You want to like... you, you hear a really funny confession? What's that? So, I was only uh, very, like tangentially familiar with Perry Saturn's work when I first got into wrestling uh, as he was like a part of the, the WWE, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh my, Francine is looking very nice. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I was really only familiar with his, his work in WWE and then only briefly when I first started getting into wrestling. And... Up until I, I started rewatching like ECW, I thought he was black. What? <laughs> like, he was always so tan, like in the WWE like pictures and games and everything, like Yeah. That's crazy. That's pretty funny. I mean I feel really dumb saying that, but like Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I'm sorry. I'm so stupid. I'm <laughs> dumb. 
these things happen. Like, if you don't really, like, see the person, you're seeing, like, pictures and video game representatives, like, especially in that era, because they're, like, so minimally yeah. detailed and everything. I do like that uh, Francine has decided to match the pitbulls. Yeah, I mean, you want to you wanna look cohesive as a unit. Mm-hmm. She's definitely part of their team. Not going to say more than that. <laughs> I wonder if it was uncomfortable wrestling in leather like that. Oh, I would imagine. I had pleather pants, and those things were so hot. And my legs would just be, like, dripping with sweat. And then, like, you'd, like, go to take them off, and you'd have to, like, peel them off. Yeah, you'd have to. just, like... There's like a layer of water between. You have to like get like cut out leg. of them. Yeah, it's, it's gross. They're gross. I wore them all the time anyway, even though they were just gross. So I can only imagine what wrestling in that kind of material would be like. Yeah. Well, and it it was probably obviously a lot worse during the summers. Oh, for sure. Honestly, I wouldn't know. I don't know. Because it's like the heated buildings in the winter, too. Yeah. It's it's not really going to make much of a difference. Because, like, even in, like, cold weather, like, my legs would sweat in the pleather pants. There's just no... There's The, the material does not breathe at all. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's going <laughs> to be a bad time. Big scoop slam. From one of the pit bulls. Always... I'm wondering. I wonder if it is like full pleather, if it's just like really shiny, like latex, like type material. I don't know. Because mm. that would be it would be really hard to wrestle in pleather. Harry Saturn is just, like, gigantic, too. Mm-hmm. Like, dude is ripped. Right, right. Yeah, this is, like, one of the matchups where, like, the it feels very even. Yeah. Like, usually the pit bulls look so big compared to everybody else, but this feels more evenly matched, I guess you would say. For now, I'm sure yeah. there will be shenanigans. <laughs> There's always shenanigans. I think it'd be unusual to have a ECW match that's just wrestled clean. <laughs> right. It, has that happened? That has to have happened at some point, but I just can't remember any off the top of my head. Well, it's still early for us. <laughs> Like, right now, this feels very, like, a very evenly matched kind of standard tag team match, which feels very weird for ECW. <laughs> oh, there's Big the dragon suplex from Cronus. 
Yeah, and that's yeah. a that's a very difficult maneuver to to pull off. The the dragon suplex like that. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine the crowd being into this. This is crazy because it's it's too it's too typical. There hasn't been there's no blood, there's no <laughs> no weapons, no shenanigans yet. Okay, it, that was pretty cool. Triangle uh, diving forearm to Pitbull two out on the. Uh oh, what are we doing here? And an assisted moonsault. Oh, that could have been horrible. <laughs> that could have been. Very that could have been really so. bad. <laughs> one of those moves that's hard to watch. It's like, this could end really, really badly. It's always hard to watch people dive to the outside now. Like, I just fear, fear for them. Well, and especially, like, with this being the ECW arena where there's absolutely no padding to speak of. It's mm-hmm. just a concrete floor. Right, right. Now that was that was a really great leg drop. That was that was very cool a uh, uh, sort of somersault diving leg drop. Mhm. Flippy do leg drop. I could do it. One flippy do leg drop. <laughs> I could do that easily in my sleep. <laughs> but still, this is very, very atypical for ECW. There we go. We got some shenanigans. Jason attacking Pitbull, too. Now, have you met uh, have you met Francine before? No, I have not. Okay. No, I haven't met too many of the the women of wrestling. Met Lita. Oh, I bet she was probably pretty nice. Oh, she's very nice, and she could tell I was like super nervous. Like <laughs> I don't usually get starstruck by people because I'm just like people are people, whatever. But I got like super nervous around her. <laughs> So she was very nice and was like telling me all about her her new uh, camera. Oh, fancy! <laughs> she had like like a Polaroid camera. She was all excited about. Now, how long ago was this? How long ago did you meet Lita? <laughs> seven years now. Okay. Probably about seven. Seven, yeah, somewhere in there. It's been a while. I, I've seen a lot of the women. I think I get more like nervous talking to to other women than mm-hmm. I do talking to the guys because guys are whatever. <laughs> the women are more like my idols, so it's a little <laughs> little more nerve wracking. But I have seen many of the women in person. So if you if you got the chance to meet, say, like Manami Toyota, you would just die. Probably, yeah, yeah. 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 Looks like Pitbull too is bleeding on his elbow. Which would be just, like, natural bleeding. Yeah. Oh, boy, that looks like a nasty gash. Mm. 
And not something you usually see in ECW. Usually yeah. it's all blade work, but you're not going to blade your elbow. What be the point of that? This is just pretty solid match. There hasn't been yeah, this is a, much a, of anything going on. Yeah, pretty solid tag team match. I mean, great, great work from both teams. It's like all the things you would expect to see coming out of a, a tag team match. Yeah. The ref's distracted by the, by the wrong people. That always happens. It's one of the most frustrating, like, tropes, I guess you would say, in, in professional wrestling. Yeah. When, when the good guys accidentally distract the ref when they're trying to point out something that's happening. And the ref gets mad at the good guys instead of, like, turning around and looking at what's actually happening. Yeah. Like, that drives me crazy. <laughs> it's like, how often does this have to happen in professional wrestling? <laughs> like, just turn around. <laughs> now we're seeing the consequences of that very trope as Jason hits a leg drop on, on Pitbull 2. Now we got Pitbull 1 back in. It's, a, it's one of those things I feel is overdone in wrestling, so if you see it in, like, one promotion, you're going to see it in all of them. Yeah. It happens time and time again. But it always just makes me feel like the, all the refs are pretty stupid. And I feel bad. It doesn't build, like, a lot of confidence in the authority figure in the ring. Right, right. Like, oh, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> but you can definitely... I, I think you can have good tag team matches without it. Mm-hmm. I I was almost, I don't know, that was kind of awkward. Right. Looked like he was going to uh, pull the tights and everything, too. But I guess the the Pitbulls are kind of the good guys in this. Yeah, I, I mean, know. they're ECW, definitely... ECW's, they're, they're more of like, a, everything's kind of a gray area. Yeah. I mean, the Pitbulls are definitely the face in this match because they, they have solidified themselves and been over with the fans for the last couple months, especially after turning on Raven and Stevie Richards and battling Mm -hmm. for the tag team titles. But it's like, um, in ECW, if a face does a heel tactic, it's not, it's not a big deal. Right, exactly. It's still, they're still the face, they're still seen as the face, it's just... And here we go. It's a kind of promotion where where everybody kind of fights a little dirty. <laughs> and that's okay. That was a very awkward double team maneuver. Yeah, the the guillotine I don't know. That's kinda nerve wracking. <laughs> it's a little sloppy. Yeah. Um they're just gonna murder Jason a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the pit bulls have had enough of Jason. And everybody's had enough of Jason. <laughs> That's a lot of flippy-doos. Yeah, that's the one thing that blows my mind continuously about Cronus is somebody his size being able to pull off like a back handspring like that. Yeah, you just need the flexibility. Alright, well, we're definitely trying something different here. Are we going for the Super Bomb? That's what they said. We're looking for the Super Bomb. 
Oh, God. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> there we go. The pit bulls are your winners. And it's relatively clean. Yeah. Wasn't super clean because Jason did get involved at, at times. There was some sh- some shenanigans, but not to the extent that you would normally expect from an ECW match, especially Uh-oh. with their like main characters. Oh no, that's not okay. Ugh. But why? That's inappropriate. Like, what would even possess somebody to do that? <laughs> that's so random. Like, you really think like. Forcing yourself on Francine after the match isn't going to get the Pitbulls to, like, kick your butt. Like, come on now. Well, the Eliminators. All right, so the match was clean, but now we're getting the yeah, shenanigans. Now we're getting the shenanigans. Looks like Pitbull oh, 2's cool. got a, another cut on his knee. Yeah, the, the like total elimination. One. That's fun. That's a fun tag team maneuver. Somebody else out there do that, because that's fun. It's fun to watch as a fan. Francine's just like, I, I don't even... This is gross. I need a shower after that. Also, it's probably got to be difficult walking in heels like that. I couldn't do it. I don't think I'd feel comfortable walking around with my butt hanging out either, though. That's fair. <laughs> we got, I'd, I'd want longer shorts. <laughs> We've got psychosis. Uh, I guess like street attire psychosis. Sure. Sakosis's attire always makes me think of Power Rangers. Interesting. Not wholly familiar with Power Rangers, so. Oh, Leith. I've watched some. It's it's hard to watch. You should. Oh, come on! The original Mighty, <laughs> the the oh, original so Mighty Morphin is great. I think I think the uh, the fact that they they didn't hire any actual actors. Oh. But they didn't. It was like they hired the girl who's a gymnast. They hired, like, you know, martial arts people. But, like, most of the people in the cast weren't actually actors. That's fair. <laughs> I'm actually, Which I get, but it's just, like, it's hard to watch. I'm actually going to go get to meet Billy the Blue Ranger at the end of this month. So I'm very excited about that. That That's cool, I guess, yeah. Yes. David Yost is his real name. So I'm looking forward to that. I like the one that has the the guy from uh, Bleach in it. The guy who does Ichigo's voice in Bleach. I'm thinking you're probably thinking of Adam. I don't know. Is the name of the character? <laughs> sure. John, Johnny Young Bosch is the name. Yes, of Yes, Johnny actor. Young Bosch. He's great. He's great in everything. He's an actual actor too. So. <laughs> He's helps. adorable. And his voice is fantastic. Now, of course, there's a TBS, the Cartoon Network sign, uh, uh, jab again at WCW. 
Now, it's kind of interesting. Rey Mysterio Jr. has been wearing a lot of these superhero attires out for his ECW matches. We saw, like, a purple and yellow Batman, and we saw mm-hmm. a uh, blue and red Superman, and now we're just in all black. Yeah, he's always done, like, like uh, themed gear, which yeah. is so fun. I, I, that's one of my favorite things about Rey Mysterio. It's like uh, Kofi Kingston back in the day used to do that too. Yeah. Like I remember like sitting there trying to figure out like, okay, what's his gear this time? Like I think he had like uh, Bumblebee from Transformers and he had like, I was at Green Lantern I think the one time. Like he did like all kinds of different ones. Like that's, that's so fun. Like a nice little Easter egg kind of thing. Yeah. And of course our ring announcer for this match is Joel Gertner. Uh, before he got all gross. You ever have you ever met Joel Gertner? No. No. <laughs> I've seen uh Joey Styles, but not Joel Gertner. Mm. I like that mask actually. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. The, the gold the blacked oh, out good. eyes and the yeah, like you said, the gold and See, he's much cuter than the other guys. He isn't even you don't even need to see his face. Oh, Flying the high sign there for Psychosis. That's uh, that's universal, folks. <laughs> the language of heck you uh, knows no barriers. But honestly, yeah, I love this black and gold attire. I'm sure it references something. I'm just not picking up on it. Because there's no way his... he I don't think he's ever worn gear that didn't reference something. But it looks really, really cool. Mysterio with the first fall. That was fast. That was... Blinked and you missed it. Yeah. I think, I think what... The reason Psychosis's gear makes me think of Power Rangers is because of the sort of, like, belt he's got around his waist with the diamonds. Oh, okay. And, I can see that. And then, like, the the bust, the chest and shoulders look a lot like a, like a Power Ranger thing. Now, is that Psychosis's real hair, or is that a wig? Um, I would guess a wig, but I don't know for sure. Because mm. it doesn't sit like real hair. It doesn't. It really doesn't. It always kind of trouble. Like it, it, it always just looks not natural. And it's like kind of another way to kind of hide your identity too. Yeah. People will look for somebody with the oh, long oh. hair, and if you don't have it, you know. Oh, Mysterio hacked up. That looked incredibly painful. Mm. Tried to sort of springboard back off that guardrail and just could not get the footing right. Uh, Stan Lee guy lighting up another cigar in the audience. I mean, that's how you know this is an old event when people are smoking 
in the front row. Right. I mean, gosh, remember when restaurants had smoking and non-smoking? Yep. You could smoke in the mall. Right. Or the smoking pits. I used to hate that when I was a kid. Like, walking past people, like, smoking. Mm. Like, it's the worst. And Psychosis gets the second second pinfall with a moonsault. Yeah, Mysterio messed his leg up. Like that that was probably the most painful looking spot of the night so far, to be honest. Mm-hmm. On a press slam onto the onto the turnbuckle. And this is uh like one of those matches they said that like at the time this is just insane. You don't see any matches like this. At that time. But like yeah, but looking back it's like, oh, there's so many botches and like it could have been much better. Well, and I mean but, both of these guys were so young at the time too. Mm-hmm. I mean for every every very impressive maneuver they're doing, I I think it's understandable that things There's a lot of like trial and error. Yeah. <laughs> Pop-up powerbomb gives Sakosis the second, the second victory. And but I mean these these guys are are incredibly talented, and obviously again you know getting back to what we talked about at the top of the show, this this laid a lot of a lot of groundwork for what we see today. Mhm. Yeah, and I mean, we still see Mysterio today. Yeah, like, he's still around doing his thing, you know. And I, I would I definitely not be surprised if, in his later years, uh, Mysterio works on like coaching and developmental, whether that's with, say, like WWE, or if he opens his own school if he doesn't already have one. Like that would, you know, I, I would, I could see Mysterio doing that. Mhm. Just a big sort of dominator dominator style drive right into the into the turnbuckle. Grabbing him by the mask. Oh. <laughs> Boo. That always freaks me out. <laughs> like unmasking people always like freaks me out more than like anything else in wrestling. Like you wanna cut people with like I don't know, glass hands. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's fine. Just don't unmask people. <laughs> Psychosis gets another another pinfall victory. So far, I believe the score is one to four. And Psychosis is 
has taken control of this match. All the momentum just swung completely in his favor since that uh, guardrail spot. And now we got the chair in the ring. What's Sakosis going to do here? Probably something awful. Probably. Yep. DDT. Very good chance. Yep. Terrible things are happening. Rey Mysterio just needs to give up at this point. <laughs> just, just end it. Time to call it. <laughs> Time of death. An odd wow. moonsault. Now we're doing a, a, a Spanish 10 count. Is Dio going to get up? He got up. Really like that mask. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. I wonder if he wore that one again. I remember watching something where he kind of explained his mask and like the the various like designs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Where it all came from because everything's kind of representative of someone else or someone that came before him and that kind of thing. Yeah. It's interesting. I've always I've always dug Rey Mysterio's. Uh Oh, now that that was nasty. Hmm. Getting the knees up under the chair. Very smart. Yeah. <laughs> And Psychosis is so much bigger than Mysterio. Mm-hmm. I think Mysterio's still taller than me, though. <laughs> I mean, you, no offense, you are short. <laughs> no offense taken, that's just a fact. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to remember, because it's like, he always seems so, so tiny, but part of that's because of, like, who he's compared to. <laughs> yeah. And now we're we're up over the guardrail. What are we going to do here? This is making me nervous. Yeah, he's like a few inches taller than me. It's fine. <laughs> There's shorter wrestlers out there. Razor Hawk. He's also taller than me. <laughs> Danger Hawk? I think we're about the same height. Okay, I could see that. He might be a little bit taller. Because I'm not quite 5'4". You're I'm pocket... Almost, you, you are pocket size. <laughs> I'm almost 5'4". If I wear, like, my, my big shoes, <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> Your big shoes. Yeah, but I have a couple pair of shoes that give me a little extra height if I need it. Well, I usually wear them for uh, wrestling shows yeah. so I can see over people. <laughs> or when you need something off the high shelf. Exactly. 
No, I still need like a step stool for that. Except my house. Now I take it obviously your husband is the taller, taller one, right? Yes. Yeah, he's six foot. Okay. And of course he does his husbandly duty and gets gets tall stuff for you. Pretty much, yeah. 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 It's basically how my wife's my wife's and I relationship works. I'm tall, her not as much. And I'm right. not even that tall. I'm only about five nine. And now we're we're getting up into the into the ring announce area. This match is just going all over the place. Uh oh. I'm always curious about like this particular setup because like anytime I've been there, I haven't really seen this part of the mm. arena where they've had like the those areas to like dive off of like that. Yeah. Wow, that was a that was amazing. Everybody brought frying pans. I never really saw the bleacher set up either, so they must have brought those yeah. in themselves. It, it, it's interesting. Like the building can look so different <laughs> depending yeah. on like who's there. It's always been a lot darker when I've like been in there too. The lights only being on the ring. Mysterio gets another victory this time by countout. He gets to take a take a breather in in the ring on the chair. Very nice. He's twenty years old here. That's crazy. He's already like a veteran. He's one of those yeah. guys. <laughs> He started at, you know, the the ripe old age of nine. Not really. I have no idea when Rey Mysterio started training. He was really young. Yeah. He was really young. I don't remember what age. I want to say 13. I could be wrong. What's Jason doing out here? Hasn't he gotten his ass kicked enough? Jason's putting over Rey Mysterio here. What's the catch? So I was I was close. Rey Mysterio started when he was fourteen, not thirteen. <laughs> yeah, I was a year off. Jason really trying to 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 talk to Mysterio here. Oh, he wants to manage Rey Mysterio. Of course. Pat in the head. Oh, he's offering. Oh, he's 
Alright, well, Mysterio's had enough, and I can't blame him. We're going to teach Jason a couple lessons here. I love that Jason's job in, in this whole pay-per-view is just to get his butt kicked a whole bunch. Oh no, the Eliminators are out. But yes, I do love that Jason's whole position on in this pay-per-view is to just summarily get destroyed at every opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's always strange to me in these maneuvers, like when you can tell that the uh, the person taking the bump is doing a lot of the work. Well, like for for that one in particular, you could really see Ray yeah. positioning himself and everything. They are they are really taking it to nine one one here. Big Hurricane Rana to Saturn. A drop kick into the other big meaty paw of 911. And a choke slam to the Eliminators. That somehow knocks Rey Mysterio over. <laughs> and Rey Mysterio Jr. standing tall. That's fun. Choke slam Eddie Goldman. I don't know who Eddie Goldman is. Choke slam him anyway. Sorry, Eddie. Sorry, Eddie. Oh, I think we're trying to start uh, a chair throwing into the ring bit. Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> Ray looks so tiny. <laughs> Don't talk to me or my son ever again. Hmm. <laughs> really like that mask. <laughs> honestly, like I can't get over it. It's so cool. <laughs> honestly, we missed out on 911 tag teaming with Rey Mysterio in WWE for there to be a team called 61911. Mm. That would have been cool. <laughs> sure, sure. Nine one one probably wasn't in any position to wrestle at that point. Probably not. Probably not. Okay, now that's a pretty dress. We got a we got a snap from woman. I like how she always kind of matches the salmon, but like in her own style. Yeah. Like, they still do, like, the same color scheme, but she'll be all fancy and he'll be all Sandman. Yeah. <laughs> Flubby is the best way to describe that style. <laughs> I, I love that we have that Too Cold Scorpio was actually being billed as Too Gold Scorpio. Brilliant. <laughs> I also like that Sandman got the tag title because Too Cool was just like, "Here's the tag title. Yeah, <laughs> let's be let's be a tag team champ with me. We'll we'll 
It's just like it's just such a ridiculous concept, really. He didn't have to do anything. No, it's like it's such a Sandman way of winning something. Yeah, failing <laughs> upwards. It's fantastic. Like he's just happened to like be the guy that Too Cold wanted on his team for whatever reason. Yeah. Let's see, they both got like the the white thing going on, and yeah. she has the fancy white dress, and he has the uh, fancy white Zubaz. So fancy, no. First of all, no Zubaz has ever been described <laughs> as fancy accurately. <laughs> Those are some pretty fancy Zubaz. There's no such thing as fancy Zubaz. <laughs> We got some some dancing from Scorpio. They never understood why the women always have to dress so uncomfortably. The heels and the fancy dresses that are way too tight and there's no way that's comfortable. Right? Like I wanna be the one in the Zubaz and the T shirt. <laughs> but I guess when you're like just a valet, more or less. Your job is to look pretty. I don't know. I don't know what a valet's job actually is. <laughs> no, I think you got it right. It's it's basically to look pretty. It's kind of an outdated concept. Yeah, I mean, we definitely don't see it as much anymore. Like Scorpio hitting on a woman in Salmon's just like, yeah, it's cool. I mean, he's not in charge of her like that. I mean, I suppose nobody should be in charge of her like that. That was a dumb thing to say. What I'm saying is <laughs> they're not in a monogamous relationship together, so of course he wouldn't care. He's not the jealous type. Yeah. just love the absolute shit-eating grin that Scorpio has throughout all this. Mm-hmm. It's honestly the best. And here we have the public enemy out. I do I do really like woman's dress. I think it's I think it's pretty. But yeah, I mean out there in heels, that's that's pretty rough. I can never do heels. It's not happening. Sorry everybody out there, you'll never see me in heels. <laughs> that's fair. I would die. I mean, unless you want me to, like, injure myself. 
<laughs> you will not see me in heels. I do have a dress sort of similar to that that I bought recently at uh, a uh, thrift store. <laughs> it had, like, so many. I have no idea why they had, like, a bajillion of these, like, sequiny, like, silvery, shiny dresses like that, but they had a ton of them, and it was, like, seven bucks, so I grabbed one, just in case. You never know when you might need a sequin dress. That's that's true. <laughs> so I guess I have to ask, you know, speaking of, of shiny dresses, did you wind up getting that uh, that sensational Sherry shirt? I did not. I do not have any money right now to be spending on anything extra. That's fair. Sadly. <laughs> my my car needed like $500 worth of repairs, so Oh no. It happens. It was just brake issues. So obviously yeah. I had to get that fixed and uh yeah, I haven't been able to buy much of anything extra. And uh, I think we got we got Borderlands three, but we traded in a bunch and used some coupons, so it was only like eighteen bucks. Yeah, we uh, we actually T Public had a really good sale last night, so we bought a couple shirts. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've been more into buying tank tops lately. Like I like those like racerback tanks. They're super comfy and they like fit nicer than t-shirts usually. Mm-hmm. Plus I can get really weird designs like my Santa riding a dinosaur shirt, which is like <laughs> I wear it all the time. That's my favorite shirt for sure. I've kind of stepped away from buying wrestling related merchandise for the moment because <laughs> I have so much. <laughs> it's pretty awesome that we have merchandise now. It is. And if you're interested in our merchandise and you want to help support the show, go uh, check out tpublic.com uh, forward slash BobbyF07, and we've got a couple shirts up. Get you a Wrestling Time Machine shirt. I have one. It's pretty sweet. I have two. I need another one. You do. You need, <laughs> you need the other one. Yes. All the shirts. All the shirts. It's a good way to help support the show. So we can keep doing these ridiculous episodes. <laughs> Watch all these. This fantastic old wrestling that everybody loves. <laughs> this is this is some pretty great old wrestling. I mean, honestly, would you say this is better than Halloween Havoc so far? Oh, of course. But that's, you know, not hard to do. <laughs> no, there, there's been some really good wrestling in this. Like they, they, People said this is one of the, the best uh, shows ECW has to offer. If you're not super familiar with ECW, this might be a good... Entry point. Right, exactly. If you want to really see kind of all that ECW had to offer at the time. This really showcases a lot of that. So mm. all the, the various styles that they were offering, all the different types of matches that kind of, like we talked about that gray area where, you know, like the faces are faces, but they're not clean faces, I guess you would say. 
you don't see too many baby faces. Maybe Mikey. He's kind of the the super good guy, but even he was being trained to to be less good. <laughs> Uh, classic dance-off. <laughs> like, instantly having flashbacks to, like, Assyrian Portal. <laughs> the most illegal move in professional wrestling. Oh, Joey Styles saying that Alex Wright can't dance. Fight oh, words. Oh. Fighting words is what that is. Lith, what do you think? Do you think Alex Wright can dance as good as this? Uh, they're very different styles. And they're both pretty terrible. <laughs> now we're getting uh, the music for Rocco Rock. Oh, Joey Styles. I think that's the Cabbage Patch. Yeah, yep. popping and locking over here (laughs) it's like old school hip hop kind of like a little bit like a little break in action now that's a great movie if you haven't seen it. Break in, break into Electric Boogaloo. Classics. Yeah. Classic dance movies. Getting getting Sandman in on the action. Now Sandman's rocking the cabbage patch. Apparently that's all these like white guys who can't dance can do. <laughs> There's whatever that is. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good standard like white guy dance move. Oh my gosh! It's not as bad as you would expect, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but it is as funny. Now they want women to dance, which is obviously going to end well. And now the match is getting underway. Like, how dare you guys try to dance with women? Crossing the line. Crossing the line. I don't even know who won the (laughs) dance-off. I think the fans won. Yeah, the fans won. Scorpio, both competitors, both of the champions, up over the top rope. Calm for the music, and they're just 
having one of their classic parties. And and Johnny Grunge on the mic. Oh, they don't want to have to deal with that quote-unquote raggedy asshole. Oh, dear. Uh, Joey Styles alluding to, to woman in Kevin Sullivan's relationship, saying he expects a phone call from Atlanta. And we've got, I guess we're actually now starting the match. What? And it start a match now? Yep. I thought it already started. got some action in the ring. Big leapfrog from Sandman. This is actually like a match now. Like a real match. It's actually <laughs> like a match right now. There's wrestling happening. I'm so confused. Do you think it's harder to wrestle in Zubaz or in leather? Oh, Zubaz wouldn't be hard. It's like sweatpants. Okay, that's fair. Because my husband has a pair of Zubaz that I have borrowed. So... <laughs> <laughs> They're they're not much different than sweatpants. The uh I think the crotch is cut a little lower. <laughs> That's about the only difference. But yeah, uh, they they breathe at least. They're cotton. So it's not like it'd probably be easier to wrestle in Zubaz than in the, the tights even that some of these guys wear. Yeah, probably. Because like you said, it, it breathes. Mm-hmm. And some of that material can get really slippery. Yeah, and that's really what you want. If I was a wrestler, I'd be very picky about my gear, though. I'd probably spend more on my gear than, like, I'd actually make as a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs>
it's all about the gear and the entrances. Yeah, I mean, you want to make a good impression. For sure. He just stole that guy's arm. Or hand, anyway. <laughs> that was... unusual. <laughs> I hope that guy doesn't need his hand anytime soon. And that's that's a face full of food. Yeah. Uh. He's like wiping his dirty hands on like the fans. So I guess the the food probably had like mustard or ketchup or something on it. Oh yeah, who needs napkins like, when you've got a front row of fans? Yeah, and the and then he was also wiping it on the, the mat. Good. That's fine. Yeah. Doesn't disgust me in any way, shape, or form. I mean, I believe uh, grunge is bloodied. Got a pumpkin pie to the face. Now it is November, so we're going to hit everybody with the uh, Thanksgiving dishes. Now, are you a fan of pumpkin pie, Leith? Not really, no. Not really, no? No, I'm not a, not a big pumpkin pie person. What's your What's your go-to dessert at Thanksgiving? Uh, I don't know, coconut cream pie? That's pretty good. Okay. That's traditional with my, my husband's family. Because that's like one of his favorites. So they usually have it. Johnny Grunge is just complete. He looks like a murder victim. He is. It's pretty sweet. I, I And it's going to sound weird, but I love the aesthetic of the bloodied face. Like, it just looks so cool. <laughs> <laughs> You're dark, Leith. I am. I am. I just like it. I like horror stuff. I like scary, creepy stuff. I just, it just looks really badass. <laughs> well, with it being, with it being spoopy times, what, uh, what horror movies do you like to watch for Halloween? Do you have some oh standbys? Um, I don't really. Um, I just been catching up on everything I've missed over the years because, like. I'm the only one that really likes horror movies in my family. So uh, now that the the kids in school and stuff, I just watch while she's in school. So I'm just yeah. mostly playing catch up. I mean, I loved, always loved like Nightmare on Elm Street and uh, Wishmaster, Candyman, like all those classics of ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Wishmaster is very underrated. Okay. That guy was, I think he was in the first three Wishmasters it was the same guy, or first two, I can't remember. But he, he just had such a unique way of speaking in that, that just, I loved it. He's very, very cool and like kind of otherworldly. Mm-hmm. Now, while, uh, while we've been talking about horror movies, I do want to point out the Sandman had some really great offense there before he <laughs> tagged out. I mean, some... 
great like tilt-a-whirl moves and that big slingshot leg drop. But uh, of course now we got Too Cold and uh, Rocco Rock back in the ring. And a big sidewalk slam. Uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not super big into horror movies myself because I enjoy sleep. I know. <laughs> uh, but I like a lot of like older ones with Vincent Price. Like you can't oh, go wrong okay. there. Yeah, yeah. The original House of Wax, The Abominable Doctor Fives, Diary of a Madman. All of those are just fantastic. Uh, of course, generally Good what stuff. we what uh, what we like to do for Halloween is we you know we do have some standbys, uh, the Adams Family, uh, one and two, Nightmare Before Christmas, which is you know the only movie that's both a Halloween and Christmas movie. Oh, that's not true. I mean, you got Santa's sleigh with uh, Goldberg. But is that really a Halloween movie though, or? Because it's it's a horror movie. It's a so, horror yeah. movie, but I wouldn't like I wouldn't watch that for Halloween. Sure, why not? I mean, you got Goldberg dressed up as Santa. That's kind of like a Halloween costume. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. That's a that's an interesting discussion. Uh, but we got uh, Beetlejuice, of course. Uh, and then, you know, one of my favorite things to do is uh, we, we've also got uh, All Real Monsters and Beetlejuice the Animated Series. And then you've got things like uh, the Treehouse of Horror episodes of The Simpsons, right? Gotcha. So like all the, like the scary, like the horror Halloweeny stuff that isn't really scary. Yeah, like uh, the Halloween episodes of Bob's Burgers too. You know, I mean those are those are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, usually the stuff I like kind of reserve for like when my kid wants to to watch Halloweeny stuff. Yeah. Well, and I mean you could do. I try to like. I save all the like like we even watch like the Goonies and stuff like that for yeah. Halloween because it's there's not a whole lot for her age group especially since she's a little skittish but well, you should totally get her into some ah real monsters uh, she <laughs> she doesn't like it because I used to hide my ah uh, real mo- monsters plushies under her bed oh no <laughs> so <laughs> she's a little creeped out by them that's so evil. <laughs> I mean, like, look, there's monsters under your bed, and then there actually would be. This is, this is the kind of parent I am. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. I mean, it's hilarious, but it is a little evil. <laughs> She'll get over it. It's fine. Uh, what about what about Beetlejuice? Have you tried? Yeah, oh, we love Beetlejuice. That's good. We're a, Be- we're a Beetlejuice family. <laughs> She she's a big fan and uh, Ghostbusters of course. Ghostbusters, uh, she was yeah. she was a Ghostbuster last year for now, Halloween. She, now has she seen the the remake? No, I haven't either. Oh, you should. It's a, it's a fun movie. That's what I've heard. It's just, it's so hard for me cuz I'm like I just like the originals. Oh like, yeah, I mean it's it's hard I, to to compare like it's a it's a different beast than the original, I think, but it's still fun. Right. And honestly, I love I love Holtzman in that movie. Okay. Uh, who's just so great. Uh Yeah, the the new one is fun. I would I would recommend it. This is such a good pay-per-view that we're watching that we're talking about horror movies. 
It, it is good. It's just we got yeah. caught up. Because we need another podcast where we just talk about horror movies, apparently. <laughs> I could go on about that for, like, ever. It's like... I love my my spooky films. Now, that was a rough bump the Sandman just took on that table that didn't break. Ah, uh, yes. Classic tables. Yeah. Oh, how can I even see? Grunge, my goodness. Of course, now the now the big thing is doors. Using using doors like tables. Oh, really? Yeah. Johnny Grunge goes through the table. I, we need to get somebody on our show that has been through a table because I want to know what that's like. Yeah, but I don't want to do it. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if Boar has been put through a table. Maybe. We'll maybe have we'll to. have to ask uh, Proletariat Boar of Moldova if he's been put through a table when we I'm have him on. Remember. Which, by the way, if you're listening to this, you know, look out for that because we are going to have him on for our November of 1995 discussion and. Also, keep an ear out because, you know, we're doing ECW November to Remember 1995 here, but it's not going to be too much longer. We're probably, we might even do it next week. It's something we got to hammer out. But uh, we've got WWF Survivor Series 1995 coming up real soon, too. Mm-hmm. Wild card is, is the big thing there. Yes. Should be a, uh, I don't know, interesting, perhaps. But yeah, I, I feel like I've seen a lot of people getting put through doors lately. Like they set it up like a table, but it's just it's a door. Hmm. I wonder why. A big moon salt from Too Cold Scorpio. Uh, and Rocco picked up by the dreads, whip into the corner for a big spinning heel kick. So, Leith, I don't know if we talked about it on our last episode with Leah London. You mentioned that, like, your created wrestlers would often use, like, a, a submission move or, or a submission move set or even, like, a Jeff Hardy move set. Like, mm-hmm. what would what would your finishing submission move be? Like in real life or in the game? Let's say in real life, and then the game. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know, to be honest. I had this all, like, figured out, like, ages ago. Um, In the game, I usually used, like, uh... And, of course, the Sandman wins literally just by falling on top of Johnny Grunge. And that means he now gets a shot at Mikey Whipwreck. Such a classic Sandman win. But you were saying. Um, trying to think, because it's like, I, I like the Royal Butterfly, but like, the I already get a lot of comparisons to Sarah Del Rey, so that'd be... I don't think I'm <laughs> familiar with that particular finishing maneuver, or it, submission it, it, maneuver. Yeah, it's like a, like if you, it's a butterfly suplex, but you don't do the suplex part kind of thing, hmm. and you just hold them in the, 
it's it's really cool looking. Uh, Sarah used it a lot. Like I think that was her one of her finishes or submission finisher. I'm not fantastic with names of maneuvers, so I apologize. Um, I've been working on that for years, and I still can't get it. <laughs> um, but I always like I always like that one. But it's like I get so many comparisons with her already that it's like I don't think I could actually use it in real life. Um, in game, I. I Used um, I'm trying to think. Like, the, I used the the crossroads a lot in like the later ones because that's one of my favorite finishers in general. Okay, I'm looking at the royal butterfly now. That's interesting. Yeah, it's just it's really cool. And then like the the. I love that I the know. Sandman has been rejuvenated like Popeye, but with cheap beer. That's all it takes. Okay. Oh no, he's down again. <laughs> so you said the other one was the crossroads. Is that? Uh, yeah, it's a, not a submission, but it's just a, a finisher. I really like. It's like it's uh, Cody, Cody Rhodes. Yeah, yeah. It's like a neckbreaker, which is another like like I love neckbreak like neckbreakers and that kind of maneuvers, like swinging neckbreakers and stuff. I just think they look really cool. Okay, let's take a look here. I'm I'm watching the crossroads. Okay, yeah, I'm familiar yeah. with that. Goldberg, I think, did that in his match with Lesnar at WrestleMania too. Yeah, that's like probably my favorite finisher. I mean, I've been it's, a it's, big Cody Rhodes fan. I'm a, a big Rhodes family fan. I would guess you would say yeah. like overall, but like I've been a big fan of his since he started at the WWE. And like waiting, and, like I was like waiting and waiting and waiting for them to like do something real big with him, and they never did. Honestly, the crossroads is one of those moves that it just, it sort of hurts my brain to look at. Right? I think that's why I love it, because it's like, when you're just watching it, it's like, how? How, how does do that, you do yeah. this? <laughs> right? Those, those are the maneuvers I like, though, because it's like, if I can't figure it out, it's like still like a mystery to me, and I love that. That's like a shooting star press. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me, because yeah. you shouldn't, the momentum shouldn't take you into the ring. Yeah. Like you should fall outside the ring or land on the ring post, but somehow they get in the ring, and I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. And, of course, now we're getting some, some tail of the tape between uh, the franchise, Shane Douglas, and I believe this is going to lead us to Mikey Whipwreck and the Sandman. One thing I like that ECW does that not a lot of promotions do is that they still will reference and talk about wrestlers from their past that have moved on and yeah. even talk about the promotions they've moved to because it's like it's still a part of their their history and it's like it's important to keep that information going but a lot of people it's like once somebody leaves the company it's like they never existed yeah and it's like you can't you can't just erase somebody from history like that it does not work yeah it's just like Especially when they're such an important part of that company's history. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I love that about ECW at this point too, that they're not they're not gonna erase somebody like that. Right. Yeah, and it's not like you know, it's not like they did anything bad. They just moved on. Yeah. Now, see, I'm a big fan of. Like, as far as finishing moves go, like like I said, like, the, the spinning fisherman suplexes up there. Like, mm -hmm. if I was doing my sort of, like, dark 
film-obsessed noir gimmick, that would probably be one of my finishers. I would call it the Cineplex. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And that would be spelled with an S. Or... Uh, I'm a big fan of Edge's Modified Sharpshooter. Okay. Uh, the Educator. That would be another one. I also like the Fireman's Carry... Uh, sort of like whip over knee neck breaker. Adam Cole does it. I think Ty Till, uh, Ty Dillinger was using it for a while. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm just like I. I wish I was better Excuse with the me. names of maneuvers because I could tell you a lot more submissions that I I like. But it's like I can picture them, but I can't tell you the, what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> like so bad with that. I'm really bad at names in general. I try. But, yeah, I, I love submission wrestling. I love technical wrestling. That's always been kind of my jam. That's why, like, Drew Gulak has always been, like, one of my favorites to watch. Like, he's just so skilled in the ring and everything. Yeah, I'm trying to find a good video of it, of Ty Dillinger's. Like this, I think I started seeing Adam Cole use it first when I was watching Ring of Honor a couple years ago. But I really... Dig this. I'm gonna. I'll drop that in our Facebook chat. You got Beulah in her, I guess, referee attire. Oh, Beulah. I do like me some Beulah McGillicuddy. Yeah. I don't know about the white socks with the black shoes, though, man. Can't handle it. <laughs> it's a fashion faux pas. She's number one. Remember when they used Luna Vachon? Yeah. And she just kind of disappeared? Did they ever explain that? They, uh, she got lost is what they wrote her off as. I think we, we talked about that in one of our episodes. I'm trying to remember. I got it. They pan to the one lady in the, the audience who just looks really upset. She's just, like, not having this Beulah McGillicuddy action. She kind of looks like uh, she'd be, like, the bad guy in, like, a 90s movie. Like she would be the, the mean girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can like see she, that. She's like the like kind of like rich preppy girl. She I, probably I owns horses. <laughs> she's not into the <clears throat> Beulah's uh, attire here. She's too immodest. Bill Alfonso is worked up. Mm-hmm. God, Bill Alfonso is probably one of the greatest heels ever, to be honest, because it's like, I don't know what he's like in real life, but I legitimately hate him. There, there, <laughs> like, there is they, a definitive and clear amount of vitriol that is spewed his way. Yeah, like, there, you just can't help hating him. Yeah. And I usually love a heel. 
Like, I'm like, yeah, heels are great. But no, I actually do hate Bill Alfonso. <laughs> he is the worst. He's good at being a heel. Like, really, really good. Like, Juan Francisco good. <laughs> like, it just, I just want him to go away. <laughs> and, of course, here he is attacking Todd before the match can actually start. Classic heel. So, so this match is between two people who are not actually wrestlers. Not being actually refereed. Oh, uh, boo! But boo that man! That's that is wildly inappropriate. Boo that man! Although I think. Beulah would be able to withstand more than one hit from Bill Alfonso. And, of course, Todd Gordon doing the right thing, taking it to Bill Alfonso. Good job, Todd Gordon. They do not have a ref now. There is no referee now. For this match between two non-wrestlers, refed by somebody else who is not a ref. Yeah. There's a whole lot of... uh, these people should not be in this ring going on. There is. I mean, Beulah can be in the ring any, just any time, really. That's <laughs> fine. I'm okay with that. Hey, hey, hey. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not gonna. <laughs> Look, Beulah is a beautiful lady. Indeed. And just some big right hands from the the fists of Todd Gordon, the ECW commissioner. It, it looks like his hands are almost in casts, like how thick that tape looks on him. Mm-hmm. Alfonso offering a handshake, and Todd... Yeah, don't a, fall for that. Yeah. <laughs> taking the Nikes right to... to Bill Alfonso. And now we want some We Want Blood chants. And I believe he's wearing a t-shirt that says, Fonzie Must Die. And it's like, this was such a, a groundbreaking angle, and it's so smartly written, because this just helps solidify the brand in the mind of so many fans. It helps unite everybody. Mm-hmm. And so I would have to say Alfonso's probably the most hated heel on the the whole show, really. Yeah. And I mean, even out of out of all three organizations, even. Oh yeah. Like coming in, trying to set rules and and honestly change the landscape of ECW. It's it's so much better than like the corporation gimmick we would get from the WWF in a couple years. 
and, and any time they really try to do like the quote unquote bad authority figure, like it's never gonna be as good as Bill Alfonso. Like even before he talks, you hate him. Yeah, <laughs> he just has that presence. He he has a punchable face. Indeed. He just seems like a horrible person. Yeah. I have no idea if he actually is. I don't know anything about the man, but he really, really does a good heel. Oh, we're gonna are we gonna put Bill Alfonso through the table? And yeah, but these guys are good sports for for getting in here and taking these bumps and and all these. All these things, considering they're, this is not their, they're not their job. They're not wrestlers. <laughs> Alfonso is, is split open. This is what we wanted. We wanted Alfonso's blood. And we got it. He's still kind of just not really selling anything <laughs> somehow. He's just, I don't know, taking every hit, but like... Well, I mean, but doesn't you doesn't really seem to affect him much. You almost don't want this to look like two wrestlers, though. No, but I still feel like if he's bloodied, he should be seem a little more he's, injured than he is. <laughs> he's out of it. I mean, he's definitely dazed. A little bit. Eh, kinda. But he just keeps walking into the punches and hits and everything pretty ridiculous. Todd going for a, I don't know. <laughs> a headlock into uh, throwing him into the ring. So, like, this is kind of what wrestling looks like, right? <laughs> yeah. Alfonso just, he, it's not even just that he has a punchable face. He's weaselly. He mm-hmm. looks pathetic. Alfonso like, cuts off the no office. Like, there's no way this guy isn't a jerk. Yeah. Like, you cast him in a movie, he's going to be, like, the jerky manager of McDonald's or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, he just has that, that feel to him. And a punch to the downstairs of Bill Alfonso. And we're having some pan-seared Alfonso. As the but there's still no ref. Still no referee. Todd Gordon counts his own three count. We need an official out. Here comes Taz. I'm sure Taz is going to count the three. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, one, Taz two. Is, Taz is on the level, right? Oh, no. What's this? Counts two. Oh, and a... Big right hand to Todd Gordon. What is going on here? How Ooh. could he? Three. Alfonso beats Todd Gordon thanks to the efforts of Taz. Taz has turned his back on the ECW audience. They wouldn't let him wrestle, man. Well, it wasn't the audience's fault he couldn't wrestle. They didn't have his back when he was injured. They didn't care. <laughs> it's like, oh eh. no, 
Taz dropping the F-bombs now. Taz is upset. Mm-hmm. Everybody cares about Tommy Dreamer. Everybody cares about Terry Funk. And that girl looks so upset about everything. Who does? That girl in the audience. The one in the white? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everybody cares about Sabu. Nobody cares about Taz. What about me? Wait a minute. <laughs> Wrong wrestler. <laughs> and he literally just said that. <laughs> oh, man. These are some harsh words. This is why this is not for children, y'all. Saying poopy pants. It's fine. Poop that guy. <laughs> Who cares about Taz? Bill Alfonso cares about Taz. Boo! Boo that man! This is, this is honestly one of the biggest swerves we've seen this year. For, for 1995, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I guess. I I think because I was always kind of confused on whether Taz was good or bad anyway. I wasn't like... You know what I mean? Like I, I, yeah. I had, but nobody was on the side of Bill Alfonso, really. No, no, but Alfonso was there for Taz, man. He was there. And and now Bill Alfonso and Taz are aligned, and Taz has officially turned his back on ECW. Now he's inviting fans to come into the ring and square up with Taz. Yeah, I'm, I would jump on that. Who would be who would actually want to face Taz? He's gonna like kill everybody. This is not a good idea. I don't know if I'd even want to go in the ECW ring. It's kind of gross. Like blood and beer and God knows what else. All over. That's gotta be yeah. It's it's dirty and it's gross and it's a real good way to get sick. Yeah, 
And now, back from his tag team championship win, the Sandman out to challenge Mikey Whipwreck. But stunning Steve Austin cuts him off and is wailing on him with the Singapore cane. Austin is just a house of fire here, setting out to kill the Sandman. And now, in a, in a preclude to things to come, Steve Austin downs a beer. Sandman style. I just thought that was interesting. It's like, Sandman's been doing this for years, but like Austin kind of made it famous. He kind of did it, yeah. He kind of turned it into his own thing. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely like... Sandman first. Yeah. And then he kind of did it to mock Sandman, and then it just became, like, his thing. <laughs> it's interesting how that, that all works. I think uh, I think Sandman had a bad time here. They got Doc out. Check him out. She's got scissors in her pocket for some reason. <laughs> I got damage control has very uh, unique uniform. <laughs> and we got damage control out there. They're taking taking the Sandman away. I love how like Sandman taking or sorry Austin taking Sandman out means that Austin now gets a chance at the title. Yes. <laughs> Somehow. Uh, ECW, you're a crazy, crazy place. <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, well he's gonna challenge for the title now, I guess. Now for he's some calling reason. for Mikey Whipwreck. I'm really not sure how this works out. And the the extreme underdog Mikey Whipwreck is not going to back down. No, he's like the uh, the polar opposite of Bill Alfonso. Yeah. You can't not like him. He's adorable. You know, he's, he's, you mentioned the Goonies earlier, and boy howdy does he almost kind of look like Sean Astin. Yeah, I can see it. Right, isn't that his name, Sean Astin? Yes. Well, since we mentioned the Goonies earlier, who's your favorite Goonie? Who do you identify the most with? Oh, I don't know. I never really identified with any of them. <laughs> I always figured I'd be my own character. <laughs> okay, that's fair. And so now we've got Steve Austin, like you mentioned, taking taking the spot of the Sandman. Because that's how this works.
Austin is just running down the Sandman. Or, Austin is running down Mikey Whipwreck, is what I meant to say. <laughs> the other Sandman. Yeah. And Austin's entire, like, ECW career is just him getting out all of his anger towards WCW and Eric Bischoff and all the crap he had to deal with there. Mm -hmm. It's like he doesn't even care about ECW or really winning titles or anything else. He's just, like, an angry, angry man who has has to take it out somewhere. (laughs) He's got a lot of axes to grind. Mm-hmm. Which is why he's like, well, Mikey, you're not Mikey right now. I'm going to pretend you're Bischoff and just murder you, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Big right hand I, from Steve Austin. I can't even imagine being a wrestler in WCW and not being frustrated because there was no upward momentum you couldn't get anywhere and the the thing is like i just don't understand how so many people didn't see what was going on right you know like like we've talked about sting is a really good example like he was loyal to that company to the point where it was detrimental to his career and it's like i don't understand how you didn't how you don't see what's going on. Well, like, he had offers from WWF, but he wanted to be in a position where he could be with his family. And WCW offered that. So it's kind of like everybody has their, their, it's not that he didn't love professional wrestling or want to be a bigger career, but he had a good career. And he was making good money, and he wanted to be able to spend time with his family, which is understandable. And with WWF, he had to travel so much more that he wouldn't have been able to to see his kids and stuff as much as he wanted to. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you if you factor in that kind of stuff, it's like everybody kind of has their own reasoning for doing different things. Like some people just don't want to do the travel dates; they don't want to be away from from friends and family that much, or they're they're worried about. You know, relationships and that falling apart because of the the distance and all that. So just kind of, I guess it depends on what your your priorities are. Yeah. And I don't think Sting's priority was to be the number one guy in any company. He just wanted to wrestle, and that's what he did. And he did well. But... I mean, if your goal is to beat, like, like Austin wanted to be more than what he was, that's why he's here and getting pissed. And yeah, he eventually he eventually got where he wanted to be, you know. But yeah, I mean, there. Yeah, it is what it is. WCW must have just been a very frustrating place to work. Yeah, and I can imagine, like, like nowadays some people are probably very frustrated working for WWE, and a lot of people left when AEW became yeah. a thing because it gave them an opportunity to kind of... That they might not have otherwise had. Right, like uh, Ty Dillinger, for example. 
Like, he is one that, like, just wasn't doing much of anything in WWE, but obviously had the, the talent and the drive to want to do more. Yeah. And some people are just like that, and some people are going to be more content because they have other things that are priorities as well. Yeah. Mikey just, really... is taking it to Steve Austin here. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, it just depends on on what you're looking for for your your career and what you want to get out of things. Yeah. Like, not everybody that goes into to show business wants to necessarily be famous. Yeah. It's like, just depends on the person, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. Austin with the stun gun. Now, I can't remember if they knew at this point that Austin was only going to be in ECW temporarily or what the situation was there. But it always felt like he was kind of just a temporarily placed until he could get his his act together and, and get to that next level. Oh, oh, we got some... some Austin butt. Austin <laughs> butt. I like how they uh, they blurred that out, but like Francine can have her butt showing. <laughs> like, yeah, and even and even still, like we still are seeing like a good chunk of Austin's. Like what what's the, what's the ruling WWE Network on how much butt we can see and not see? <laughs> yeah, how much how much <laughs> butt are we allowed? Like why why do we need to blur certain things? Although now we know, you know, what Steve Austin's tanning schedule is like. <laughs> you know, what that routine consists of. But Mikey Whipwreck gets a clean victory over superstar Steve Austin. Which is pretty cool that, like, Austin was, you know, not only... Willing to get in the ring with Mikey, but put him over, too. Yeah. Like, it, that kind of gives you a, an insight into to his ego, mm-hmm. you know, or lack thereof. He knew he deserved better than what he got in WCW, but he knows, you know, like, he has respect for the, the wrestlers. Yeah. And, I mean... Not for nothing, he's already getting better in ECW than he did in WCW. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we have the Shaw, Hack Myers. Hack Myers out. And why does Paul Heyman wear the baseball cap with his suits? Uh, because he's he's all about business and being casual. <laughs> it's just a very unusual combo. <laughs> Honestly, I thought those were tiny Eiffel Towers on Hack's jacket for like a minute. Some some harsh language from Paul Heyman. Of course. Oh, yeah, I think Hack Myers is about to have a bad time. 
Because here we have Sabu. Sabu's pants always seem comfy. It's random thought there. I do I do actually really very much like when Sabu wears the shinier pants. Mm-hmm. A little glitzy. Mm-hmm. It's his comeback. It's a special occasion. Yeah. Do we know what happened with his uh, WCW stint? And why it was so short-lived? It was uh, short-lived because he apparently wanted to uh, kind of move into the U.S. title scene. I, I think mm-hmm. because his uncle, the Sheik, had uh, held that title at some point. And uh, Bischoff was a little bit more interested in Sabu possibly being part of the cruiserweight division. And Sabu uh. didn't want to be sort of like pigeonholed into, into that division. Gotcha. Because Sabu has had so many controversial issues in the past. It's like you never know. Yeah. You don't. You don't know what you're gonna get when Sabu's involved. <laughs> He's certainly unpredictable. And a slingshot chair shot from Sabu. But only good for a two count. Sabu with a nasty looking armbar and bending the fingers back of the the Shaw of ECW. Really working the leverage there. And some boring chants, of course. Anytime the action kind of pauses at all. Yeah. <laughs> Crowd is very unforgiving. Is it fair to say that Hack Myers has the worst hair in professional wrestling? Oh, I don't even know. There's so many... There's so much bad hair. <laughs> I'm not sure why he bothers even having the hair on the top of his head, because it's not like even like a mohawk. I don't really get it, but I mean, there's a lot of bad hair in professional wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> so, some of it on purpose, some of it not so much. <laughs> I guess that that's where where it depends. Like if you're if you're doing the bad hair on purpose for your gimmick to 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 get hate <laughs> for having terrible hair, <laughs> then it kind of works for you. What even was the flip? I, d- I don't know, but uh, Hack has taken advantage of the opening with some big right hands and a power slam. I think he was supposed to kind of make it seem like he hit Hack. I don't I don't know what that spot was supposed to be. Yeah. I'm assuming that's where they were going, that it was supposed to look like he got hit in the chin or something like that, but it didn't oh. come close to connecting. Oh, the foot's on the rope. 
Of course, Hack put it there, so that's kind of weird. <laughs> not not exactly the best yeah. match, technically speaking. <laughs> that was a weird pin spot. Yeah. Like, here, I'm going to put your foot on this rope, and then I'm going to go for the pin. <laughs> like, okay. I'm totally buying this, right? Right. Oh, that preppy guy with his cooler. I hate it. It's like if you go to a ECW show and you look preppy, it's just weird. Yeah, you're you're you feel out of place. I guess you stand out, so if you want the cameras on yeah. you, it works in okay. your favor. That was a cool leg drop. Sarah Sabu always seems like he hurts himself more with maneuvers than th- he hurts the other person. Yeah. Like, every time. I'm like, oh god, he's hurting. <laughs> like, he hurt himself. Sabu's one of those guys, he's probably going to be like the Keith Richards of professional wrestling, where it's just like, there, there have been so many times where you should be dead. I don't know how you're still alive. <laughs> I mean, him and Terry Funk. Oh my god, yeah. Well, Terry Funk. <laughs> Terry Funk can't be killed by conventional methods. He's amazing. That's right, y'all. We're making timely Wayne's World 2 references on this podcast. But I mean, this is this is probably about the same time that Wayne's World Two came out, right? Uh yeah, probably. Let's see. Wayne's World Two was released on December tenth, nineteen ninety three. Oh, so a little earlier. Yeah. Still, it'd still be an outdated reference. <laughs> I mean, both Wayne's World movies are great. I'm so weird with comedies. How so? I don't know. There's not too many that I, I like, per se. Or find particularly funny. Okay. Um, I might just have a weird sense of humor. I don't know. (laughs) Have you ever seen Kung Pao and the Fist? Uh, Yeah, ages ago. I don't really remember it, though. Alright. Sabu's going for the chair-assisted kick and nails it. It's always good to see him actually, like, hit that. Yeah. It's it's such a 50-50 type maneuver. It could go well, or it could go horribly, horribly wrong. Right. And Polly watching on. Sabu up top. Went for a Hurricane Rana. Got caught into a power bomb. Two and a half from referee John Finnegan. I be, or that might be Jim Molino. Apologies. 
Getting a Sabu chant. So now if you're if you're created wrestlers gimmick, right? Like let's say you could make a, a girl that could fight the guys in one of the WWE games. What mm-hmm. would what would your gimmick be? Hmm. I don't know. It's it's tough. I'd definitely be a heel. Be a heel, okay. That's my favorite. <laughs> Doing all the the heel shenanigans stuff like rope assisted pins and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's the fun part. I don't know what the actual like gimmick would be. I'm not sure. So a lot of the ones I've thought of have been kind of like done. Okay. Like uh, I wanted to. I thought it'd be funny to do one where, like, you came to the ring, like, playing, like, a Game Boy or whatever, and, like, you would sit down in, like, the the corner and just, like, play your game and ignore your opponent until they would, like, come over and, like, screw up your game, and then you would just, like, rage quit on their face. That's that's funny. Like, hit them with the Game Boy. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and just, like, like, if they screw up your game or they, like, pick it up and start playing it, like, when you have it, like, paused or saved or whatever... Like, stupid stuff like that, like, just to, like, all all the things you see gamers get really pissed about in real life, but, like, then have an opponent to take it out on. But then, uh, Leroy Green in House of Glory has a fairly similar gimmick where he comes out and he, like, plays with the Switch and everything. (laughs) So I was like, oh. (laughs) Like, I guess that that idea is done. (laughs) Gonna have to sue for gimmick infringement now. He's a good guy. I wouldn't do that. He was very nice. <laughs> but it's, a, it's just funny. It's like every every idea I think of has been like taken. So uh, I guess that there's no guess such thing. No such thing as an original thought. No, no. It just every everybody's gonna come up with the same idea. It's just whether or not you get there first. Yeah. And since I'm not actually a wrestler, you know. But yeah, I mean, I would love to do, like, some kind of, like, villainous character. I've always wanted to play, like, kind of an evil queen role, but I'd rather be, like, a general manager than okay. a wrestler. <laughs> I want to be I want to be the boss, telling everybody what to do, <laughs> making, the, making the matches and the decisions and like, all that fun stuff. Are, are you That'd gonna, be hilarious to are me. Are you going to beat Edgar in a, in a ladder match for control of uh, excellence? <laughs> Uh oh, Sabu with the the chair, and an assisted big senton to Hack Myers out through the table. I'm pretty sure Sabu messed his knee up. Uh yeah, Sabu is almost always injuring himself. It's fantastic. There's no way he is not hurt in some way, shape, or form after all this. As I said, like every time he hits a maneuver, it's like I can't tell who gets hurt worse, Sabu or his opponent. Yeah. Uh, this time I'm pretty sure it was Sabu. <laughs> We're counting Hack Myers out now. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, he doesn't want the count out. So now he, I guess that is referee John Finnegan. He's chastising the referee. Doesn't want the count out. Hack kits, kicks out at two somehow. Yeah, like it. Yeah, I I can kind of feel you with as far as like the whole like everything you would want to do has already been done. Like the 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 film noir thing I I mentioned, like that sort of like obsessive cinematic kind of gimmick. Obviously, Goldust did it to some degree, but I mean there are so many sort of like evil uh, sort of takes at like like on the Joker kind of gimmick. That, oh yeah, Joker's been done to death. My yeah, gosh. like <laughs> it just it feels like played out, you know. Yeah, it, it's hard to do a fresh take on on a Joker type character, but it's like I've always, whenever I like imagine myself involved in wrestling in any way, shape, or form, it's always as like either general manager or manager. I don't really picture myself as a wrestler. Yeah. Very often, it's not something, like, I, I've always more aspired to be, like, you know, like, Sherry or, or Luna or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like have that ability to get in the ring and take a couple bumps if need be, but, like, for the most part, be the... An authority figure. Or yeah, or the, the, exactly. Because they, they have more of the acting background than a wrestling background, obviously, but... I guess too because I'm old now. <laughs> it's kind of hard, kind of hard for me to get started when I already have so many injuries. Mm-hmm. But it's there. There's, I mean, it, with the manager type thing, it would depend on like who the wrestler is that you're supposed to be managing, what type of character you would portray. Some sportsmanship from Sabu. Very nice. Speaking of wrestling's Keith Richards, oh, it's Terry Funk. He's just gonna come out here and wrestle. He's so great. And uh, I mean, given that that's kind of how I got into wrestling with the the video games, like there's always going to be that aspect of like wish fulfillment, like wanting to be, you know, a, a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's I just. My mind is so practical or pragmatic. It's like I know that that's not a realistic goal you can't for me. Even enjoy wish fulfillment. No, I can't. I'm like that's not going to happen, so I'm not even going to pretend. <laughs> I mean, if there's some way for me to to use my acting abilities within the world of wrestling, I will do so. I think you you can catch me in uh, a promo. That they did for excellence. Yeah. Or at least maybe my arm and my voice. If you if you go through their stuff, but <laughs> now this is a the sign. Guy's got a deep cut of a sign that says "Cactus loves Hanoi Jane," and that's a very very deep cut. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, that's a that's a reference, I believe, to Jane Fonda and her anti-Vietnam war protests. And 
of course, Cactus, you know, we've been watching a lot of those promos have have taken some very dark turns and have talked about some very uncomfortable subjects, including, you know, war and, and, and everything. It's some, some amazing promo work. Mm-hmm. And Terry Funk just saying some, some very bad words to Cactus Jack. He always says it in such a pleasant way. Yeah. That probably could have been a really good match as well. Uh, Terry Funk versus The Undertaker. That would have been pretty good. Depends on on when. <laughs> I mean, now. You gotta love that Dungeon of Doom shirt. That's great. But why? <laughs> well, because he's been pro-WCW oh, this whole time. So good. Well, I know, I know that. It just—it's funny. He went with the. Honestly, I love doom. it. It's got—it's not even all of them. I want to see what the back is. Does it say anything? Is it just? It's like it's like the worst Dungeon of Doom members. Shark. Yeah, Zodiac, yeah. That's Kamala. what's cracking me up. <laughs> oh, Dungeon of Doom. And a heart. With a heart. <laughs> oh, man, that's genius. Like, I wonder how much you paid for that. <laughs> yeah. I keep thinking it's El Puerto Ricano on the side, <laughs> but it's actually just the photographer. <laughs> right. They never know. It could still be El Puerto Rikeno. I don't think it is, but it could be, I guess. But he's built very similar and has, like, the same, like, hair. Early offense from from Jack and Raven. Sorry, you were saying. Oh, oh, that's fine. They're not wasting any time here. Is that one dude wearing a Tick t-shirt? Hopefully. Tick was a great show. Well, I like the cartoon. I don't know about the live-action show, but I do like uh, Patrick Warburton, so it probably was good. Yeah, the the live-action Patrick Warburton show is pretty great. I've seen a little bit of the Amazon series, and it's okay, but it's not... It's it's not the Tick that I'm familiar with. Right, right. So I'm not... Like, I like it, but in a different way. Uh... Yeah, I think that dude is wearing a tick shirt. That's, I mean, it was popular around this time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, that definitely is. I really like the the cartoon, like the animated series. Yeah. Um, and the comics, of course. Very funny. The the live action Patrick Warburton series is fun because uh, I think his name is Nestor Carbonell. I might might be wrong about that, but the actor who plays the Batman character in the live action one, Batman Well would go on to be the mayor of Gotham City in the Dark Knight. Mm. So it's a fun little sort of like full circle kind of thing. Gotcha, gotcha. Welcome to the Tick Podcast, by the way. Spoon. Hmm. Silly String. 
Oh. That was a nasty, nasty looking chair shot. Yeah, sometimes, I mean, you can't predict where that stuff is going to go. <laughs> Everybody's clapping their cookie sheets. Oh, Richard has made his way, and we got a big. Sure. Remember learning to do uh, spots with cookie sheets for? Because uh, I took a lot of like acting classes, and the one was all like, um, like the like stage fighting stuff. So they, yeah. they sh- showed you how to kind of like take those types of bumps with like the those like like pie pans and like cookie sheets and stuff that like you know crumple real quick and easy yeah don't really feel like anything and here comes and how to do like the the slaps with your using your hands to make the noises and stuff like that it's fun fun stuff (laughs) need a need a price check on stevie richards dollar 99 a bargain yeah Let's see, what I else do we got in there? We got like an empty two-liter bottle, it looks like, a toilet seat cover, Lots a shovel. cans. Mm. A VCR. Raven got hit with a VCR. Remember how heavy VCRs used to be? Kinda. Oh, he's got the remote. <laughs> I wonder if it's got batteries. That'll make a difference. Oh, right off the head. It's a weird looking dustpan. Old school. I mean, that VCR has got to be like 10 pounds. I don't know about that. I don't remember them being that heavy. Yeah. They're, They're heavy, man. I don't know about ten pounds, though. That's a that's a little much. Well, okay. Let's let's look up online. How I wonder much if it was gutted, too. I don't know. That that would make it a difference. crumpled pretty. It crumpled pretty easily. They might have gutted it. How much? I wonder if this is on Google. How much do VCRs <laughs> weigh? About six pounds. Six point six pounds. That's how much a Toshiba VCR weighs. Yeah, I don't think that's six pounds, though. It's definitely... Well, the bottom part fell off. Like you said, it might have been gutted. I'm pretty sure it was. It just crumpled too easily to have anything really in it. (laughs) Terry Funk choked with a toilet seat cover. It's a gimmicked VCR. It's fine. What is the crowd chanting? I can't understand them. I thought it was he's hardcore, but it might be he's funk core. Ah, because they said it was a new chant. Yeah. Raven with the chain. What are we going to do here with this chain? Oh, clothesline with the chain. Raven's bloodied. See, that looks so cool. Like, he just looks like a hundred times more badass now. 
sure. Love it. Love it. I don't recommend hardcore wrestling or cutting yourselves open for our entertainment, but it does look really cool. <laughs> so if you do it, just know it's worth it. <laughs> or it it's appreciated. Worth it. We we love it. Some of us do. And a plate? Looks like a plastic red plate. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a pool of blood for a second. Cactus and Terry to the outside. I think Cactus has, like, some brass knuckles or some. There's a golf club. Yeah, somebody, I think uh, Raven got wailed with it earlier. Now, those things will snap pretty easily. But it would still suck to get hit with one. We got the the bottom part of a broom. Is that... Oh, that's a knife. He's, uh... He's just straight up cutting Terry Funk. That's always fun. That's fun. <laughs> uh, hardcore. Like it's, a, it's like a table knife. Hmm. Some pool cues. Where do you even get street signs like this? Flea markets? Can you find know. those at flea markets? I think some. I think Dreamer's the only one who's not bleeding at this point. Maybe Cactus isn't bleeding. Oh, we're taking the shirt off. Okay. Oh, he's got another shirt. Forgive me, Uncle Eric. Hmm. And I believe he's got Eric Bischoff's face. Yep. Airbrush on the front of there, too. <laughs> That dreamer is now bloodied. Everybody's bloodied. Except for Cactus. I don't think no, Cactus is busted open. Well, he, he has blood on him. Well, <laughs> Might not be his own. But yeah. <laughs> Tommy's not having this shirt. Nope. He's put putting the face over Foley's. <laughs> so you can punch Bischoff. Very nice. Clever stuff there. Kind of looks like Sloth's dad. <laughs> Bringing it back to the Goonies. This is now a Goonies podcast. This is now a Goonies podcast. The Goonies are good enough. Do to do Cindy Lauper. <laughs> yes, that's that's just what she sounds like. That's those are the correct perfect lyrics. impression. Yeah, it's, it's spot on. 
Total bullshit. Bullshit. Is I'm sure what that sign would say. And again, that's a that's a TBS WCW jab. Did Tommy Dreamer have a cigarette sign? Yep. Look like when they use that uh these have at like gas stations and stuff. Like I can picture those signs hanging at gas yeah. stations. <laughs> pack one cigarette pack of cigarettes was a dollar thirty five. I don't even know how much a pack of cigarettes is now. I have no idea. Do they still sell them? them? I guess they still sell them. I don't know. <laughs> did your parents smoke growing up? No. No? My parents did. No, uh, my mom's friend did, mm. and her friend's mom, but that was really all that was ever around. I can remember, uh, even though my parents, like, my parents usually smoked Marlboros, but I can remember a lot of the Joe Camel ads. Oh, yeah, they're very popular. That's why they had to stop using Joe Camel, because all the, the kids like Joe Camel. Oh, he was cool. He would hang out in jazz clubs, playing pool. Tommy a- Dreamer counts a three. But yeah, like a cartoon camel was not meant to entice young children. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely <laughs> like we need the next generation of smokers. Always be closing. Got a paint pan. Like, if you just Google Joe Camel, he looks like the coolest guy. Yeah, oh yeah. They know what they're doing. And then people caught on. (laughs) Like, wait a minute. (laughs) This is not right. Terry Funk kicks out at two, and Bill Alfonso is not having it. Taz is out. Just. The ref's trying to pin Terry Funk. Like, I don't know that that works. Yeah. Like, I know ECW is not big on following any kind of rules or anything, but I don't think Taz can come out dressed as a ref and just pin somebody. Raven is just soaked. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, Raven looks like he was in a car accident. I wouldn't imagine it's very comfortable wrestling with blood in your face. Not like that, no. Just having that, that cut be constantly, like, open. It does make a very cool visual. It's just... Practically, it doesn't make much sense. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of people bleeding. Like... I feel like that's unnecessary, but if it happens, it happens, you know? 
Because, I mean, sometimes people just get busted open. But... I don't think you need to go to this extent where every everybody in the ring is, like, bladed by now. Yeah. And there we go. We have your winners. Wait, how did they win? They somehow missed this. Because I just see McFoley fighting everybody. I, my program might have skipped. Cactus Jack is choking Terry Funk with a cable. That seems safe. <laughs> and Tommy Dreamer wrapping barbed wire around the face of Raven for a... Uh, I don't know. Is that what you're seeing? Yep. Yeah. Raven just puts the barbed wire back on his head. That was kind of weird. Like wearing it like a crown, I guess. Yeah. It's a it's a Jesus visual. Mm-hmm. But Terry Funk and Tommy Dreamer are your winners. Uh, but, uh... Cactus is about to do something awful to Terry Funk. You know, not that he didn't earlier carving into his arm like a Thanksgiving turkey. No, we need more awful stuff. Post-match shenanigans. Did that guy just, like, wipe Raven's blood off? All right. Well, Leith, what do you think of ECW November to Remember? I mean, it was pretty decent. Like I said, like it's a good jumping-off point for people that might not be too familiar with ECW because it really does give you a lot of what they offer mm-hmm. from the various match types and everything. It's just a lot of variety. And, I mean, it was pretty solid, especially compared to, like, WCW and WWE at this time. Sure, sure. It's much it's much more what you would expect from a show nowadays than what mm-hmm. you would have expected back then. So, based on based on what we what we've seen here, would you say that ECW November to rem- eh. easy for me to say? Would you say <laughs> that ECW November to Remember 1995? Would you say that that gets a buy, bar, or pass? A what? <laughs> uh, like if you had to like, let's say it's 1995. Yes. You get the option to buy this on pay per view or or VHS. You get the option to to borrow it from somebody, or you would pass on it entirely. Oh, I probably would have bought it. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna. I, I would give it a buy too. Yeah, it's it's pretty solid overall. And so there's a lot. They offer a lot for a lot of different types of wrestling fans, which is nice. Yeah, a little it's something not, for everybody. Yeah, yeah, it's not totally just oh, it's the hardcore fan base, but they have like a little something for everybody. Not too much women's wrestling yet, but, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, and of course, when we Nobody's actually... Nobody's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> when we actually do our November 1995 uh, shows, we'll have to see if uh, if this holds up against Survivor Series and uh, 
World War Three. Yeah. So that'll that'll be fun. So we want to thank everybody for for joining us. Don't forget to check out the show. Give us a review on iTunes. That's a big free way to help support the show. And uh, if you want to be a part of the show, you can always email us at thewrestlingtimemachine at gmail.com. And we will read your emails live on the show. We want you to be a part of the show, so definitely email us. Reach out. Be a, come be a part of the action. And keep an ear out for the next uh, watch-along that we're going to do, which is going to be WWF. Uh, slash WWE uh, Survivor Series 1995. And with that, we want to say bye, everybody. See you later. Tougher than the original.